How is everybody doing today? Welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with Lou. Episode four. Wow, two shows in one week, but this one is actually really, 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 really special. And today, my guest here at Washington High School, my old high school, he's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite uh, people to talk to, communicate. Uh, he, is, he was my biology, my biology teacher at the time, and he was my uh, cross-country head coach, Mr. Coach. Colt, how are you? Hey, man, what's up, Luis? Pretty good. Good, good, man. Hey, appreciate you having me on the show. I feel honored. Oh, episode four. Episode That's like, four. I'm like early in the game, too. So <laughs> you didn't put me off until like episode 20. You oh, put me never. on early. No, I had this idea when I first started. I was like, I got to have the coach on. Oh, I was man. like, I got to have him so, one way or the other. <laughs> I appreciate the love, man. Thank you. Uh, first off, I got some memories that I wanted to share. All right. Uh, let's start with, uh, actually, when I first, when I first uh, talked to you, and I remember how much of a Husky fan you were, and I was so, I was so much of a hater. I remember that big helmet you had. And I, uh, well, before, I, I know you remember the helmet. Uh, oh, I still got it. It's, it's <laughs> right there. It's, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> I remember, but before, I remember it was, we were doing bets at the time. And I remember um, the first time, uh, it was every every week, and this was during the Tyrone Willingham era. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, for the listeners, every week I would always bet uh, the coach. I don't know what would have happened if I would have lost, but I never lost, I never lost at all because they went winless <laughs> that year. That was a rough one. It was a rough one. And I remember I was always putting... Uh, Po, uh, po, uh, news, uh, newspapers every 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 week, and his his uh, his room in, uh, in the six hundred building was always filled with uh, with losses. <laughs> and and then the following year, what tell everybody what happened the following? Well, year. they they did better. They won a game at least. So, <laughs> yeah, they, we turned it around a little bit. But no, that was that was man, that was it was a rough year to be a Husky fan for sure. Um, I'm never, I'm never one to back down from a bet when it comes to my Huskies. I don't care how bad they are. I'm going to still bet. I kept that going with you. And, yeah, I remember those newspaper articles go up on my wall every week. You're, you're you know, rubbing in my face, put my, <laughs> put my nose in, in the mess. But, no, it was all good. So, it was all good. But he, uh, the coach, he, uh, he got me back. Uh, oh, it was an Apple Cup game. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, next, the next year. Yeah, yeah. The, the next year. Oh, my God. I had to wear that helmet, like, every, like the whole day. I got, I got that picture still, man. You still I, have I, that picture? I still got that picture. It's, in a, it's an album over here. I'll, sh- I'll show you <laughs> oh. later on. I still got that uh, picture. Oh, man. Such a, that was a, those were some good memories at the time. Yeah, I, got a, I got a whole album of, of pictures of kids that are wearing my Husky stuff. That, that lost? They, that when they lost. You kept that tradition oh, after I've me? Kept, I've kept it all, man. Every year, Apple Cup especially. You've I had like Rebels against? like. Oh, man, yeah, for sure. Wow. I got all kinds of haters, you know? Even, so, like, were they all Cougars or? Well, I think they just want to bet me because it's me and they know I'm a Husky <laughs> fan, you know? So they're not necessarily a, a anti-Husky, but this, they just want to get in on the fun. It's, it's all good, you know what I mean? So it's all fun. Right, so, right. But, yeah, I, 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 I did it. I did it every year. I still do. So other games, too. You know, people will have 
their favorite team and the way they play my Huskies, they have to make a point of it, you know, to come and come through and try to bet me and try to make it, make it a thing. So. <laughs> and we'll get to, and we're going to get to uh, Husky football yeah. pretty, uh, pretty soon in this, uh, in this episode. But uh, for, for you guys, uh, I did mention that you, you were my cross country coach and man, I, that, I, I honestly, those were my years that I was in like in great shape. Like yeah. as far as like, uh, like I saw the difference in, in the times that you, um, you know, we were like, when you would oh post them online on, on yeah. your website, they're still on there, man. They're still on there. Hey, your times will never grow away. <laughs> Internet don't lie on that. Athletic.net don't lie. I'm not gonna lie. I probably <laughs> I, I probably won't even meet well, those. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I did a little research for this. Prepare for this, Luis. <laughs> and, and, and two seasons, you ran three varsity races. You weren't you weren't the most talented kid, but you worked hard. And you had seven PRs over those two seasons. That's really good. And in 2007, you ran your best time. It was a 20.08. You weren't able to crack under 20 minutes in a 5K. You're just <laughs> over that 20-minute mark in the 5K. And that, but that's a 6.28 per mile. So over 3.1 miles, you kept a 6.28 pace. Some people can't even run a mile in 6.28. And you ran three miles at that same pace. So that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. So. Yeah. You know, it's – it's crazy. I, when I was younger, I always thought I was like, because I, you know, I thought I, I used to be like big, like, you know, leaving, leaving eighth grade. And I said to myself, I wanted to do track and field. That was the first thing I did it, at this campus. And that was when I met you. And, no, you know, I was like, what's cross country? Yeah. And cross country. And then when someone explained that to me, I was like, whoa, this is actually really cool. You're actually running, a, you know, a course, yeah. you know, uh, like uh, I think of it like a, not like a like a like a NASCAR, but like, a, you know, it only goes one way. You're not right. doing multiple laps like on a track field. Right. And I remember I used to do I used to do stuff like that when I was younger, uh, like in elementary uh, back in when I was in the Tacoma district and they used to have this thing called running of the green out in Stewart middle school. And they used to have this cool, like, um, course just running around the neighborhood. And I was like, that's really, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I like to do. And then when I, when I, when someone, you know, broke that down, what cross country was, I was like, sign me up (laughs) because at that time it was either going to be that or football. Yeah, yeah. And who knows what would have happened to me in football. But you would have probably got broke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what probably everybody else would have said to me. Or on the bench. One of the yeah. two. <laughs> no, I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of lot of kids like you that when they, they see what cross country is, they enjoy it even more than track and field because they don't want to just run around that, that circle and feel like a hamster on a wheel. Um, there you get that occasional athlete that just loves, you know, the speed on the track. But for sure. Um, you know, one of the things I was going to say, one of the things I remember about you specifically uh, more than anything, not your times don't matter. I had to look that up because I don't remember that. But um, I remember you being really well liked by your peers. Like everybody really liked you. Like you were one of those dudes that no matter who it was, they, they could talk to you. They can get along with you. The way, yeah. You weren't one of those people that just kind of stayed in one click. Like you had B carbs. He was your boy. He was your friend. Yeah. But you had a lot of people that you would talk with and, and like liked you and stuff. And so yeah, that's I, one thing I remember about you. I've always, you know, I've, you know, I'm just so thankful that I, I have my parents around. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of played a big role in who I was at that time and who I am now. 
and I've always like kept the peace. I've never fought anybody here. I've never, right. I'm, even even to this day, I've never been in any of those situations. And 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 to this day, like every you know what you were just saying, people you know they 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 love being around me, and and I'm thankful every single yeah. time. You know, I get to see anybody who, whether whether it's new people that I see or people from the past or here, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I still run into um, other other students uh, from from our time, from yeah. my time. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a blessing. Well, you, you did the right thing by giving your parents that that credit, man, because they they are the ones that kind of yeah. instill some of those values and those those morals and, and things in you. And so that's cool, man. That's really good. So. You know, you talk about, you know, Washington High School cross country and track and field. I just finished my 20th season in cross country. Wow. And, and going into track and field here in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to start up the season. And it's, it's cool to see, like, all the successes the teams have had. Like, for example, our, both of our boys and girls teams are perennial district meet qualifiers. Um, our girls team, for the first time this, this past season, made it to state for the first time in 27 years. That's like a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, you know, best of all, you know, I think it's kind of a testament to the team and, the, and, the, and the, the atmosphere that I try to create is that we're one of the largest teams in the state every year. I mean, we have 50-plus athletes almost every single season. There's been some low years, but, you know, two years ago we even had 60 on the team. So wow. we're, we're up there up there in numbers. And so – And uh, I always – and before you, you know – you know, finish that, like, something that I always, like, remember and cherish and cherish uh, you as a coach was, like, you always did, you always did, <clears throat> sorry, you always did, like, the, every Friday, you would always do, like, a spaghetti or a potluck. Oh, and yeah, we still do that. You still we do still that? Nice. Baked potatoes and tacos. Get us all, all get that. us all healthy before the, the day of the race. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember how, how hard you, you, you always, like, you try to put that together for uh, all of us that were on the team, mm -hmm. and you know I look, I think about that, and I look back at that, and I was like, man, he was he was one hell of a coach and and, uh, and a great person, and uh, you know at that time, you know I'm like I'm just a kid, like like I'm here because it's part of the you know I'm I'm part of this, but now over time I'm like, man, coach did everything to his ability, you know, to show all that love. And I hope that your your current students and whoever's listening to this, you know, cherish those moments because they'll, you know, they'll think about that in the future and be like, man, I had a hell, I had a hell of a coach. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, the it, kids are kids. Yeah. And they don't see it all. You know, they don't I, see yeah, the whole that's thing how I, at the that's, time. That's how I look at it back then, and, and now I'm looking at it now. I was like, and, man, and hearing it, hearing it from you now, you know, it doesn't surprise me because that's kind of what I usually experience you yeah. know there's there's the kids occasionally that really are appreciative and they let me know that at the time but a lot of the times and I tell them even in the tough times where they feel like I'm being a tough coach on them I'm like you, you'll appreciate this in the future you, yeah you'll definitely. appreciate the fact that I'm tough on you right now because yeah. it's going to build you you know and, and build your character for the future but uh, yeah you know going back to those team dinners and other things we do as well to kind of um, you know build up the athlete um Physically, you know, try to give them the best nutrition because there's a lot of kids that will go home and not have a meal, you know, not have a, a good balanced uh, meal the night before a race, which is going to be detrimental to their performance the next day. And, you know, other things that we do as well that, that kind of builds into that whole kind of just atmosphere of a team, bringing people together, um, people working uh, and pushing each other. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I 
I have some tenets to my program, some, some values, some, some beliefs that I put through that um, I, I try to always reference back to those whenever I, I make decisions and whenever I try to uh, get the team to go in a certain direction. And you know, some of those things is I believe that cross country is for everyone. I don't care your size. I don't care about your weight. I don't care about your, your uh, speed. Um, I've got kids that, you know, it takes them 13 minutes to run a mile. You know, they can't even finish a 5K the first race they run. But then I got kids that are, you know, almost going to be state champion. You know, I got a girl on the team now that's super quick. So I don't care where you're coming from, what you're, where you're at. You, cross country is one of those sports that anybody and everybody can be a part of it. Um, I've had kids that should have done football probably because they were more talented that direction, but they just didn't feel um, like that was their sport. Um, I believe it's very rewarding. Like you said, you know, looking back on it now, you can see some of the, some of the things that kind of contributed to your character development that you have now. Um, and so there's those things that, that are, uh, you see there. And then, like I said, it's, we've become a family, right? Like you, right. you stay in contact with a lot of people from the team, even yeah. friendships on the team that for right. life now, you know, so you become a family and you get that camaraderie, um, you know, and since you uh, graduated, I kind of I, I put together these these norms for the team just to kind of really focus in on some of these things, and it's the four C's. It's Coach Culp's four C's: commitment, courage, class, and collaboration. Hey. And we, we focus on that all the time. I got these posters up in my classroom uh, that where we meet for for our pre team pre practice meetings, and it defines those things. And we refer back to those things, and we take time to to to. Uh, acknowledge athletes and athletes acknowledge their peers about you know this these kinds of things that they seen them participate in, in practice or in, in meets uh, exhibiting these things and they reward them for those things and so it's kind of one of the things I do and what you know getting back to what I was talking about with everybody and rewarding and, and family is you know I focus more on performance over what place you are you could be you could be the first place in the race but if you didn't have your best performance it doesn't mean that much. You know, if you were the last kid to cross the finish line, but you had a big PR, that's more important to me. PRs are more important than points, you know, and that's kind of what I've always kind of focused on, you know, the personal records over points, the, the improvement over the winning. You know, we have, like I said, some, we have some success on our teams and the winning is there, but that's not where I focus. That's not what I focus. That's kind of the result of all the other things that we focus in on. Um, you know, I want my kids, whenever they're done, done and moving on with life, I want them to be improving, not just physically, but mentally, socially, emotionally, you know, all those areas in their life that are going to not just benefit them now, and, 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 but also in the future, you know what I mean? Right. Coach, have you ever had uh, any students that say, I, I'm here because I want to I get in shape? Oh, yeah. All the that's, time. That's beautiful. All the time. All the time. I mean, it happens m more so with the, the girls. You know, they, they, uh, they come out because they want to lose weight. They want to trim down. They want to get in that bikini. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it, it uh, happens all the time. It happens all the time. Um, and like you said, you know, you felt like you are in the best shape of your life. Yeah, during You know those what times. I mean, doing those times. And, and that's the case a lot of the times with, the, with some of the kids that do cross country. They, they get in the best shape of their life. Um, what's kind of uh, discouraging for me as a coach is when you get that kid on campus that you see is like, man, this is not doing anything. And you talk to him, it's like, hey, you should come out for cross country. Ah, I got, I'm too busy. I want to focus on my grades. I want to get a job. And none of that happens. They, they still don't do good in their classes. They still don't get a job. It's like, man, you could be out here and you could be getting in the best shape of your life, having 
making memories that are going to be for a lifetime that you're not going to ever forget and you're going to and, and cherish. And then you find out, and I stay connected with them through social media after they graduate, and you see they start getting into running when they're in, like, their 30s, and I'm like, what? You should have been doing that in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, man. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I. Uh, it's a great, uh, you know, running is a great, great sport to, to keep in shape and stay and, and get in good shape. Um, you know, that, and my doctor told me after I had my second knee surgery, I probably need to cut down on some of my other active sports, like snowboarding and basketball and 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 uh softball and do more swimming and biking you know it's, it's interesting i'm actually uh i actually when i go to the gym i actually uh swim but i use like the the noodle and it's yeah. and it's really it's really helpful sure um you know as far as like your body wise mm-hmm. and and you know I, I don't like swimming i don't like the water at all but i you know i push myself and now i'm like i, I don't have that fear yeah. I remember like uh, many years ago, I was a, uh, I was on a on a ski on a ski do, and this I was riding you know behind this this guy and he uh, he flipped it, oh, no. and I had the I had like the life vest and all that and I was like oh man this is how I'm gonna go out, <laughs> <laughs> I was like this sucks I'm like in the middle of the lake and and you know you since had a vest on man. I had a vest on and I was still scared and I was. Oh man, I, I but then I was like that didn't stop me from getting in back into the water. Right, but yeah. yeah, I I do yeah I do a little bit of uh, swimming in the swimming pool. Um, my legs don't like the treadmill. Yeah, no, I don't like yeah. running on treadmill either. Like I'm a runner, obviously. Yeah. You know, I went for my run today, in fact. And if I can avoid it, I'll 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 not run on the treadmill. I have to get outside. I do. I do. Nature. I do use the bikes a lot. That's something that my legs really enjoy being on, but. Um, I am going to do, as far as, like, courses go, um, I am going to participate in the Sound and Arrows. Oh, year. nice. Yeah. Nice. I'll see you there. I, I, I'll see you there. You, you know, yeah. I do it almost every year. So You do it every year? Well, just about. Just I think I've only missed maybe two once because I did have a knee surgery right around that time. And one other time, I think it was graduation was early that day and I couldn't do it or something. I don't remember. But I've, I go almost every year. I look at it. Uh, man, I don't know what it is, but every year it just seems harder for me. <laughs> You know like, what it is, man. You ain't you ain't training for <laughs> I ain't it. Training a lot. And you know what's funny? I I I don't know. It's just like I I put I I I lift. I I do different types of activities at the gym. But when you when it transitions when you do the sound and arrows, it's not the same. Nope. And I'm like, what? Those hills get you. Those hills, yeah. What's that? That last hill up is the worst. Oh, that last mile uphill. You get to go down it on the first mile, and you're feeling all really good. <laughs> yeah. Then you get in that five mile. That's drive. even the worst one too, because you're trying to control the speed yeah, going you're down. Yeah, tr- trying not to go too fast yeah. on the start, because you know how that is. It's going to catch up to you later on if you yeah. go too fast on the start. And like I say, back to you know those years. Those were like what, probably my best years, and. Uh, and it was a rainy day, my first time doing the Sound and Arrows. Mm-hmm. And, but it felt good. It mm-hmm. felt good. <laughs> that accomplishment with crossing that finish line, for sure, feels good. Uh, and uh, one last thing about your, your, your cross-country uh, program. Do you guys get a turnout of a lot of students every year, like, uh, like in the past? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're consistently over 50 right now. Um, this past season, I think we were 56. Um, so yeah, we're staying. Did we staying even here. have that during the time? Uh, you know, I have to go back and look at it, but it I, I think I it, think we were probably in the mid 30s around yeah. that time. Yeah, with you, um, we've kind of grown and kind of dipped down a little bit and then going back up. So 
you know, we're at the highest kind of peak of our participation numbers right now. So, um, you know, talking about coming down, I stepped down as the boys head coach for track and field uh, last season was my first year as just an assistant coach. And I did that for, so for main reasons so I could spend more time with my family because being a head coach, and we'll kind of talk about this with, you know, Husky football and head coach change here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it takes so much time to be a head coach, especially of a multi-event sport like track and field or even football, right? So there's multiple kind of um, positions that are played and you have multiple coaches for that. But, um, you know, I just work with the distance kids now on track and field and I like it. I, it allows me to work with those yeah. same kids I had in cross country. And, you know, talking about another kind of success point, for the first time in my career, I had a state champion this last year in track and field. So a freshman girl won the 800 at state last year. Wow, so that was pretty awesome to say I had my first state champion. You know, I, I, I even looking at it now, I was like, okay, it's cool, whatever. But I could have taught my, I could have coached my whole career, never had a state champion, never had a team go to state, and it wouldn't have mattered to me. Like that doesn't, that doesn't define me as a coach. You know what I mean? What defines me as a coach is, am I putting together a program that kids want to be a part of? Am I, am I putting together a program where kids are getting better? You know what I mean? And, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you, like I said, you had seven PRs in two seasons across country. And that was, you know, maybe out of 14 races. So half your races, you ran faster. And that's, yeah. you know, knowing that some races, the courses are harder than others. So you're not going to probably PR because the course is harder. The weather's not nice, you know, whatever it may be. And so, um, you know, that's a testament. You're a perfect, you're a perfect example of, Oh, thank what, you. What I what I want what I want to see in my athletes, and it's because you worked hard. You know, you did what I asked you to do. You didn't make a bunch of excuses and skip practice and those kinds of things. So, and I usually don't let those things happen very long, anyway. So, yeah, and um, and you know, uh, speaking of like of uh, you know courses, one particular course that I really enjoyed out of all of them was the the Fort Stillicum. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's everybody's favorite course. It's so fast. It's you just get like, a lot of good competition on that course too. But like I, I look at it as in how it's how it's laid la, uh, laid out like mm -hmm. you're going in the woods, you're going in you know, it's so it's so it's just so cool to to see how that course is set up. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the best overall cross country course because you do get the woods, you get the hills, you get the prairie. You get the you know the open land. You get so. to see these nice views. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, can't beat that. Yeah, um, it's, it's, I think the the least one that I enjoyed was the one that we went to Vashon. Oh yeah. That one was so like weird. <laughs> that was, well, there was that hill, right? There was I forget what they call it, but it was they, they called it something Killer Hill or something. Yeah. I remember it was it was basically like almost straight up, like you had to walk up that hill because it was so steep. And it was a good link to it. I think not even good. the spikes could right. hold yeah, on to dear remember, life. Well, the the dirt, the ground was real loose too because it, it was really dry and it was a it's a horse path, right? So the the ground was just really loose and really yeah. really rough. And so, um, yeah, I remember not going back after that year anyway because it wasn't well managed. Uh, we didn't get the awards. We waited around for like an hour and there was no right. results or awards. And so I didn't get them until like a week later. I was like, man. I, stay, I still know the coach, and, you know, he's a nice dude, but I was like, I ain't going back if it ain't well organized because I'll right. bring my kids that, all the way over here. That's, um, and, you know, that's really, that's cool that you were the, the distance coach at that time. You know, my distance coach, when I when I fell in love with track and field, was uh, Bowie uh, Sago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, he was, a, he was a really good coach, and 
man, that could have been that would have been awesome if you were the if you were the coach at that time. Yeah, but you that, know I, that's when I'd taken a break. I'd done track and field for a couple three years when I first started coaching cross country, and I was here in 2000 when I was hired in 2000. And then when my wife had our oldest one, I took a break, and I didn't come back until my second one was you know a couple three years old. So my wife would have you know some assistance at home, and I wasn't coaching two seasons and and doing all that. But yeah, Coach Segel, he ended up going from. Uh, here to Peninsula, and then I believe he went and coached at Pierce College for a while. And then he, I don't know where he's at now. I haven't come, I haven't kept in contact with him. But. Gotcha. Yeah, um, you, and you know, back to what you were saying when you when you stepped out, I, I, I couldn't imagine how all those years, um, the head coach at that time, uh, actually my first year there was Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach Smith. Yeah, Coach Smith. Mark Smith, yeah. Mark Smith, yeah. I I was one of the people that helped get him nominated into the Track and Field Hall of Fame for the state of Washington. I heard about that. Yeah, Yeah. I heard about that. So he's a good coach. He knew his stuff, man. Yeah. He was passionate about track and field. Yeah, I I could see it in his eyes. He was passionate. But I was like, man, you've been here since, what, the 80s? Yeah, he had been here for a while. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, man, I'm I'm like, I'm glad uh, Coach Colton, you know, you know, stepped down. Because that's, you know, because, you know, you've got all these other things going on in your life. and. Um, yeah, it's just like you managing every single um, department of that track and field, and I just, I, you know, I just couldn't imagine. And then you got this on your plate as well, teaching students. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, man, how, do, how does coach do it? How does he do <laughs> it, it? You know, it it was definitely a sacrifice. You know, there's there's things I had to give to be able to make that happen. And my wife was very gracious to even let me take that position over what 10 years ago when I did did start taking it over in 2011-12 um but I was able to you know fortunately pass it on to one of the the athletes that I uh had the opportunity to get to know his senior year was my first year um so he graduated but then he came back and he was an assistant coach and I hired him as an assistant coach and so he's my assistant coach for the the whole time that I was pretty much a head coach so I just say hey let's just flip places I'll be an assistant you be a head coach (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so that's what we did. And it, it's, we're in our second year. So it's, you know, it's a learning experience. Awesome. You got to, you know, I got to learn to, you know, step aside, let let him be the head coach and is, let him grow. Is uh, Lindsay still part of your staff? No, Lindsay Beers. Yeah. Cochulain now. No, she's, uh, she's raising her own family now. And she's nice. got a job that doesn't really allow her to be able to coach with me for cross country, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. I, she, I, was, she was really awesome during the time that oh, yeah. she... She was she was the yin to my yang, as she liked to say, because you know I'm the nice guy, she's the mean guy. She says. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was one of the elites in, when when she was. Yeah, uh, yeah well, she was. She was, she the, was one breaking records in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she, she she had, I want to say she had all four records at one point, and then she's she's lost them all now, um, to other athletes. But she, um, or she might still have the junior record. But wow. if, if the girl that I'm coaching right now stays healthy, she, there should be no problem for that girl to break it. But, um, yeah, Lindsay, as a freshman and sophomore, went to state. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to get her to come back and be an assistant coach for me. And, I, you know, I miss her. I wish I could get her back. But I, and I talk to her every year when I have an, or when I have an opening as an assistant coach. I'm like, you sure you can't come back, please? <laughs> She's like, I wish I could. I wish I could. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't work out with timing and stuff. So nice. maybe one day, maybe one day. Well, yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. What I want to say is, yeah, I'm I'm thankful that I went that route, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, I would have either been not benched, would have never had an opportunity in football, 
and I'm glad that you you are like open arms and you don't care whether you, you know that person is overweight or whatever mm-hmm. and um, you know they you know they're you know when you guide them to a healthy lifestyle right um, you know you see you see results whether they don't win a championship but you know you have that my you have that peace of mind that you know they are a different person than when they first you know when they walked in yeah so uh, yeah I, I'm just a, a a testament you know like a, someone that you know went through all of that so sure thank you coach you're thank welcome you. man I, uh, thank you for coming out like I said left left the lasting impression in my life too so I appreciate that so um, and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, husky football so let's let's woof, woof, let's, woof. let's get to that so yeah um, over so uh, I know I haven't really I haven't talked to you at all since uh, Basically, yeah, since Tyrone, who was after him um, after they released him during uh, when I was still here? So it was Sark. Sark came late. Sark came after that. There was yeah. a, there was two times after that. There was another guy. I forget. Gib, go, oh, I don't remember, man. It was it was a guy who was only there for a couple of years. A couple of years. And then Sarkeesian yeah. was there for a good amount of time. He he kind of started to turn the program tell you, around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, tell tell me tell me uh, his time during. Uh, during uh, university at Washington. So Sarkeesian, what I what I see him really contributing to the program is he was able to start recruiting those top tier athletes from California. You know, right? that's where right. he was from. So he was able to do that and bring the, the 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 winning tradition back to the program that we we were so severely lacking. You know, got us back mm-hmm. to over 500 and um, being successful. Um, unfortunately, you know. Due to personal choices in life, he kind of just, you know, he didn't last long. He, um, he had an interesting um, position since he's left. He, he went uh, to professional football. Right. And then uh, he didn't go. Did he go back and forth? Uh, well, the last I, I don't follow. Because he, he was with the Falcons. Right, or, right. And, and that was, I think, part of the Super Bowl run, right? Mm-hmm. That he was there. Yeah. But then – the last that I've known of, I've heard of him. He was with Alabama when Alabama's yeah. been doing his, doing their thing. So I, I think that he's probably better suited for being like an offensive coordinator, um, quarterbacks coach, something like that, yeah. not a, necessarily a head coach. I think because – and I'm not going to go on all his personal life, but from what I've heard, you know, the pressures of being a head coach kind of drove him to make decisions in his life right. that, you know, he necessarily probably wouldn't otherwise. And it was an interesting, it was an interesting switch when, uh, cause Lane Kiffin was at the time with Alabama mm-hmm. and then that's when they brought Sark in. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, they're gonna, I, I don't know what to expect either. Cause you know, they they have a fully loaded roster. Oh man. They, and get, they get all the, the, the five star recruits. Yeah, Alabama yeah. just they don't even have to do nothing. Just and they have come, and they have Coach them. Sark as you know, I don't know what his position was because it was like an offensive advisor. Or advisor, something. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like a, a really like offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. I think it was just kind of like yeah. A, but he know, yeah, but position. he yeah he brought the winning uh, tradition back uh, with the Huskies and but not not to the point where we we are. I mean, if you look out after him. I think for me, what the coach that put us back on the map, as far as you know, go back to the Don James. He was the he was the mm-hmm. god the dog father, right? The dog father, uh, Chris Peterson. Yeah, by far, Chris Peterson. I think what he accomplished at Boise State, 
right, got him the opportunity to come to UW. I mean, the guy almost, you know, his team almost sniffed the, the national title. Well, we like, we like, what, two, three years ago? Yeah, it was yeah, just a few years ago. So I think he's what really, truly put us back on the map as far as, like, a true, legit contender for a national championship, mm -hmm. right? And he took us to the, that playoff. So, I mean, that's really what put us in the, in the hunt for, for a national championship and then got, you know, recruits from across the whole nation, not just the right. Northwest or even California, looking at trying to come and play for us and making us a, a real threat. Um, but like I said, I understand his decision to step down. He's, he's got a family too, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you could see the stress kind of wearing on him. And I figured it would because it's a different culture Boise State versus UW, that's a completely different. Different, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Boise State is, you know, they're good, but they're not, you know, Pac-12, you know, one of the big colleges in, in the National Football League. Um, I'm excited to see what Jimmy Lake can do, the yeah, new coach. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you what know, do you? Well, I think it's one of those things, too. I'm looking at Sarkeesian. You mentioned Sarkeesian, yeah. and I think that he was a better assistant coach than he was a head coach. And I'm hoping it's not that same with Jimmy Lake. Because Jimmy Lake, he's a great assistant coach, right? Like, there's no doubt he's one of the, the greatest assistant coaches we've had. But now we'll see up to see, you know, how does he take as a, as a head coach. Um, I just hope – this is what I hope. I mean, and then you boil the season down. You take, take, take what's the most important games of the season. Number one for me is the Apple Cup. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's that in-state rivalry, right? And so we've got seven games in a row that and we I don't, beat Wazoo. And, and I yeah, I was going to say, Peterson's never lost. To never them. lost. Never lost. Never lost. And so I don't want to see us stop that streak. If we get one more, we tie the longest streak. And twice the UW's beat Wazoo eight in a row. And, and, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm that big brother that likes to beat up on the little brother all the time, but I, we just can't – I don't like to lose to Wazoo. Like, I, I, got, I, I got colleagues here that are former students that are – Cougars and they're wearing the Cougar stuff at camps. I gotta give them crap, man. <laughs> well, I don't. It's interesting. Um, you know, the last time when, well, when I left, you know, Washington, Mike Leach was the head coach over yeah. there, and yeah. we, and now he's gone. Yeah. Well, and that actually might be good for Wazoo because UW, since Leach has been there, they got that they got that offense figured out, and their defense is set up to be able to stop it, and Jimmy Lake would be able to stop it as the head coach because he's going to have his fingers in the defensive schemes, right? So right. there's no way if Leach was there that Wazoo would beat us. There's no way. Every, t yeah. every look at it, Wazoo can be burning up every team for all these yards and all these points. Yeah, as soon as they so... meet us, as soon as they meet us, that ain't happening. Right. So we had the perfect, you know, we had it figured out. We had them schemed out perfectly. Um, so it's interesting. It's going to see what happens, right? Because they got a new coach. They're going to have some new, new, new life, new blood in there that's going to give them a different, different feel. And they, they might give us a run for our money. The reality is, you look at the, the history between the two programs, we are far superior. We got way more wins than they do. But the years that we're really good, they play us tough. And, and they, they've upset us. And same with us. You know, they've had good teams. And we upset right. them, you know. So there's years that, you know, you'd expect us to just steamroll and we don't. And so, but, you know, we'll see if we can get this eight in a row and just keep it going. Keep it burning. Keep it burning. The one that I'm, I'm more concerned about, honestly, it's another big rivalry is the, the Ducks. The Ducks. Oh, yeah. 
And man, they, you know, they burned us 12 games in a row. Long, long time, right? We finally broke that a couple, three years ago. And we beat them two times in a row. And of course, the first time we beat them, we scored 70 on them, right? That was, the, that was a, okay, <laughs> this is us getting revenge real quick. So we popped 70 on them in that one game. And, you know, we, uh, we beat them the next year. And, and then we've lost the last two years, though, but they've been close. And it's almost like we um, don't close the games out right like we do, we should we could close out and we could talk about the Seahawks with that a little bit oh, yeah. too um but they they don't close those games out and I think that uh it's a little concerning because we should be able to just you know go out and just impose our will on teams and we don't right. do that sometimes and we're you know we still got the 60 to I looked this up because I want to see how close we were we got a 60 to 47 series lead over Oregon still even though Oregon's been a pretty dominant team over the last decade plus. But now we've got two consecutive losses. That, that, that lead is shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. And I don't think there's a team that we play consistently that we don't have the series lead in. You know what I mean? Like we're a dominant team. We get more wins on a team than they're going to get on us over the course of, a, of a, you know, several years. Oregon's starting to concern me a little bit because they're not, they're not a team to mess with. Yeah, they were uh, they were a team. They were a really dominant team during uh, uh, when Mariota was there. Yeah, and who their head coach was uh, uh, Chip Kelly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And now that's all gone. But now they're coming back again. They're coming back. They're coming man. back. Yeah. But that was, well, that's that Nike money, man. I always tell people <laughs> it's that Nike money. They were able to attract athletes because of that Nike money. Um, I've got a, a colleague. Uh, peer coach of mine that he's a, he's a in the Oregon Hall of Fame. He was a running back for them back when they were competing for a national championship. They didn't win, it. and I remind him of that. I said, you know what? You could throw up that O, baby, because that tells you how many national championships you got. <laughs> but but anyway, so no, they 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 have been pretty good lately, and and you know over the course of the last two decades, they got our number for sure. They got our number. Now, coach, uh, there's one thing that um, before we move on on this is. Uh, during my time here and what I've witnessed uh, over the years with the with the Huskies is the legacy that the uh, the quarterbacks that have mm. um, that have played in Seattle and first one up is to me Jake Locker. Mm-hmm. Man, that guy's a that that guy's a hell of a football player, and you know he he I've seen a lot of plays where he takes punishment during his time, but it didn't transition when he was a Titan. Right, yeah. and, that, and, and, you know, talking about that, the reality is, like, the Huskies, collegiate football, you know, uh, quarterbacks, I think they're a quarterback college in that regard. They, yeah. can, they, they definitely churn out some good college football coaches or quarterbacks, but they don't usually make it on the next level. Yeah. The last one, the only one that I can think that really has made it at the next level that's a Husky is Warren Moon, right? <sighs> And even him, you know, he went Canadian Football League, right, before yeah. he came to NFL. So he probably further developed his skills there. You know, I always thought uh, in, you know, the next quarterback that I want to mention, I thought he, I, I thought there was so much potential in him. And I don't know what happened with him was uh, Keith Price. Yeah, yeah, Keith had a good year. Uh, he was in the running for the, the Heisman. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. I think I think for for. For college football, you know it's different than for yeah. NFL, right? Like the speed and everything, the the schemes they run, everything's so much different that I don't think they're gonna necessarily be 
successful at the next level just because you're successful, successful in college. You know what I mean? Like, look at the best quarterbacks right now in, in, in the NFL. Were they the best quarterback in college? Most no, of them, no. no. Right? They had the skills. They had the pieces. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Jacob Eason, they say, has the, the skills to be successful at the next level, right? Like, he has – he's that prototypical quarterback that you'd right. say he's going to be the next one. But, you know, we'll see. So. Who's uh, who was the uh, the other quarterback that um, that took that team to the that took him to the playoffs not too long ago uh, to the uh, close to the national title? What's his name? Um, so Browning, Jake Browning, Browning. Jake yeah. Browning. Yeah. So yeah. and he, Jake had a year where he was was sophomore year, right? Where he was in the running for Heisman and just he kind was of such a good quarterback. Yeah, he was clean, man. I think Jake's biggest downfall. In my eyes, as a as a college quarterback, though, and what could have actually probably finished out his completeness legacy, is he was too careful with the ball. Mm. He was too afraid to throw the ball sometimes in that tight coverage. He wouldn't trust the receivers. And Jake Eason, the difference between him and, and Jake Browning, Jacob Eason will throw it in tight coverage. He ain't afraid to. You know what I mean? But Jake Browning, I mean, you can't look at his numbers he doesn't throw a lot he didn't throw a lot of interceptions either yeah and so because he was careful and not throwing in those you know he didn't throw a lot yeah, of he interceptions had a, so. he had a, i remember that he had like a i don't think it was a monstrous game but it was for that pac-12 against colorado mm-hmm. and I, re, I remember that the energy and the atmosphere all you hear was barking yeah <laughs> all over yeah. that field and yeah. that was just a, a domination by the by the huskies yeah we've had you know i'm looking up it right now so we, we've had some pretty good uh quarterbacks and, and a lot of them went to the NFL you know uh, Keith Price ended up going to CFL but Locker went in the NFL for a little bit um, and he went in that first round right yeah. uh, Isaiah Stanback went to NFL before that Cody Pickett right uh, Marcus Tuiasasopo Brock Heward you know Hold Damian Heward Damian Heward da- Damian Heward actually was a good NFL quarterback yeah. for a few years he didn't last but he was a good quarterback he went you know he went and won some games there so yeah. And I know he's not a quarterback, but he, he deserves honorable mentions, uh, Jermaine Curse. Oh, man, that's my yeah. boy right there. I was yeah. sad when the, when the Seahawks got rid of him. Like, they just let him go. I was like, no, that's my boy. Why are you going to let him go? Yeah, was... <laughs> but it was all about that money. And, you know, he, he, he wasn't – I guess he wasn't one of those players that we, we seen as being, like, essential in our offense. You know what I mean? Under that Carroll you know, system. Yeah, so he wasn't like the essential one or two court receiver. You know, he's like almost a third option. And so we're not going to pay him a bunch of money right. if he's our third option. My, Even if he is going Super Bowl winning touchdowns. My, you know, so. Yeah, my favorite memory, and we'll actually, you know, segue into the Seahawks, was um, that whole game um, in that NFC championship with the Packers. And I remember how Russell mm. Wilson was throwing it to him like four times, and they got like – intercepted and he never threw in those quarters to him right. until they until they went overtime and i remember i was uh, i was with brian at the time and when he when he caught it i we and him were just jumping up and down and i don't know if i was crying but i was <laughs> i was like how how crazy is it to end the game to the guy that was getting intercepted right the whole game right and he takes the he take he's like the hero of the game right Right. So yeah, there's just so much history between UW and you know for all of us, and you know for him to go to uh, the Seahawks and mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And I actually uh, I met him uh, I met him a few years ago 
after that um, after that Super Bowl season. He I was did doing. Too. He did a. He did like a an autograph signing down in Tacoma, and I still have that. I still have that poster of him where he caught the ball against yeah. uh, Tremont Williams. Like he signed it for me, and nice. I still have it. And I'm, nice. Uh, yeah, I got. I got to meet him the very next year after they won the Super Bowl, right? And because uh, he did, didn't he win the Super Bowl? He got the Super Bowl. Yeah, he catch uh, right. Or was that was I think an NFC Championship against the. the Packers where he got the winning catch. Yeah, he got that winning catch where he sent the team to the Super Bowl. So, okay, so that's what it was. So I'm getting you know, I'm getting old here, man. So <laughs> anyway, the next year I went to training camp. One of the guys from my church uh, let me go to training camp with him because he had tickets. His, his daughter has season tickets or whatever. And I got to, I got, you know, to meet him. And he's coming over. He's signing everybody's stuff. I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want anything signed. I just want to shake your hand and say, woof. He's like, yes, right. So it was cool, man. I got to say that. That's and, awesome. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I don't uh, want I got to yeah I I had the opportunity to meet lots of you know out of these ten years since I haven't seen you I've got to meet a lot of uh, Seahawks during the time I got to see uh, um, Percy Harvin mm-hmm. uh, Beast Mode I actually saw Beast Mode like twice <laughs> uh, that'd be fun yeah uh, Chris Matthews which a lot of people uh, you know the he was like the Super Bowl weapon even though we didn't win right. you know I got to meet him um, who else did I meet. Cam Chancellor, Bam uh, Cam. Bo- uh, Bobby Wagner. Nice. I got to meet a lot of those guys. It's, uh, you know, those are those are memories that I'll forever cherish and, sure, and sure. be like, hey, you know, the best dynasty defense of all time was Legion of Boom. Right. Hands down. Right. So, but yeah, and <clears throat> let's talk about let's talk about the the Seahawks. Um, you know, when I was here, you know, this is how I recall. You know, my memories was. Uh, and this is where I, my fandom uh, where the, for the Seahawks was, uh, and I'm not gonna, you know, and I'm gonna admit this. Like I started uh, watching them after that, uh, after Super Bowl Forty. Mm-hmm. So I remember all those seasons. You know, they were just up and downs, and that was the whole Holmgren era. And of course, I had to live that Jim Mora era, which was like my last year <laughs> here. And then, uh, and then that's when they signed Pete Carroll, uh, right when you know we all graduated. And uh, you tell me, tell me what you what you, what you think of all these years during his era. You talking about Pete? Yeah, Pete, sir. Well, you mentioned Holmgren. I, you know, we have to give Holmgren props though, because he he really saved the Seahawks. Because the Seahawks were in that time about to leave, and he turned it around for us, and he got us to a Super Bowl, got us yeah. to our first Super Bowl. We didn't win. You know, but you know, we didn't. We just didn't have all the pieces that we we had. Obviously, when we, we won our first Super Bowl, and you know, since we've even gone back and lost, but um, you got to give him some. He, I think he gave us that trajectory, that belief that hey, we can be that program that you know can put together a dynasty. And so that's what happened with Pete. Um, you know, I think what's cool with Pete is his formula. He hasn't gotten away from it too much, despite the fact yeah. that a lot of the a lot of the athletes have changed. Right, because of trades and you know retirements and injuries and all this stuff that's happened, he's kind of stuck with the formula, the main formula. He's like, hey, we're going to run the ball. We'll pass it when we need to, but we're going to run the ball. You know, he took. He's almost like a Chuck, you know, a ground Chuck, Chuck Knox. You know, back yeah. in the day when I started becoming a Seahawk fan, you know, we ran the ball. That's that's what we did. Chris Warren, we ran the ball. And John L. Williams, <laughs> we ran the ball. And and uh, you know, no matter who's back there in the backfield, he's gonna he's gonna want to run that ball. And so. Um, I think he's continued to work despite the fact that we've had these injuries. And that, in my opinion, 
and I'm always, you know, I'm always going to root for my team no matter what. You know, I think that's what kept us from getting back to the Super Bowl even this year. Like, I think we were, we were in that position before we got the injuries with our running backs to get back there. And Beast Mode came in and did his thing for us for a little bit, but it still kind of ruined that, that momentum that we had where we were, you know, being able to run the ball. Um, you know, I think with Pete, and it's sad to see the end of an era, right, when you know that a guy's not going to last forever. That's true. You know, he's the, oldest, he's the oldest coach in the NFL right now, right? I think he's probably got about five years left. Right before right. he retires, you know, unless unless he wins a Super Bowl again, yeah. I think if he wins a Super he's, Bowl, he's again, close enough. He's got the pieces to put that together again. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So, and he's got enough younger athletes that, that can kind yeah. of get up to that point. But I think the Seahawks, if they're smart, you know, they start making plans now to replace right. him with another good coach that, like he is, one that motivates. You know, like yeah, I look yeah. at him; he's the oldest, but he's the most energetic coach you see on the sideline. He's getting yeah. fired up. You know what I mean? He's he's chomping on that gun. You know that's how I try to be as a coach. You know, I'm I was just gonna say that. I was like, that, that's the that's the energy that you always brought when you were uh, during the time uh, when I was doing cross country, and that's what a lot of students loved about you. Yeah. And you know, even to this day, I was like, man, I wish I was young again and still do cross country. Right. Well, you know, yeah. here I am. I'm 45 years old. I ran today, man. I ran <laughs> I ran 2.7 miles today and just. About 18, 20, 18 minutes and 20 seconds. Pete so. Carroll's probably I'm still putting it down. Pete Carroll's probably slaying that football still. Just oh, yeah, man. He's put, he's got his he's got his gloves on at practice. Have you seen like a seen training camp? Yeah, yeah he's got it. his he's got his gloves on. He's throwing <laughs> the ball around. He's yeah, he's 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 in there. He's moving around a little bit. He, you could tell he's not obviously a slimmer, but who who would you see? Who do you which coach out there, whether it's college or in the NFL, you think has that same energy that you you would love to see um you know replace carol in the future man i'd love to see chris peterson come chris up. peterson i would love to see that i don't know if he wants to because once again it's a time commitment right like yeah. it's it's even it's even on another level like chris peterson when he was the head coach he had a lot of responsibilities with recruiting but he had his assistants that go out and do all that too pete carroll's like He's working 360 days a week, probably. You know what I mean? He probably gets Thanksgiving off, Christmas, New Year's. He gets like five holidays. That's it. That's so it. I don't know that Chris Peterson wants it, but I'd love to see Chris Peterson move up to the next level. I kind of thought that that was maybe going to be in the works. There's, oh, yeah. But yeah. I don't know now that, that Chris Peterson kind of stepped away. And then you would have to think what kind of chemistry. Let's say if he – let's say Carol leaves, but Schneider stays. Yeah. And, you know, you got to give him credit too. Cause oh, for sure. For, putting that you know team together those, those those first picks in the in in the in the in their era were amazing yeah and i, I think, started i started second guessing them when uh i think it was when they drafted uh, paul richardson and then mm-hmm. and then that's when they they didn't they they gave up the pick and then they drafted the next day and then they kept doing that still they kept, it's like a tradition they don't draft in the in the, in, the, in the first round. Well, I think they they find out, you know, a lot about the athletes that they're trying to recruit. Right. And they're not necessarily trying to find the, the fastest guy. Right. They're not trying to find the guy that gets all the numbers in the, in the college. I level, mean, just right? just just that super that first Super Bowl, right. none of those guys were were right. like a first round. They were like right. late picks. And they, right. They're, they're champions. And, you know, <laughs> and, they're, and they're willing to take, you know, risk on some guys, right? Like right. DK Metcalf, you know, he slipped. 
Like, yeah, he, he, he would have been a lot higher draft pick, but, you know, because of some personal issues and stuff, he slipped down. And I think the Husky or the Seahawks, they picked up on that. It's like, okay, this guy's going to drop so we can pick him up later. And we, we think that, you know, he's got his act together now. And obviously he's proven it. You know what I mean? Right. I'd like to see with DK, I think he could be the greatest Seahawk receiver we've ever had. Honestly, yeah. and that, my, my favorite football player of all time, Steve Largent. Uh, you know, and, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, the, 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 the offense that we played in, Steve Largent's numbers would have been even greater. You know, and put, uh, him, yeah. put him in a 49er offense, you know, and put, put Jerry Rice on the Seahawk offense and then see who's got all the numbers. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're right. Like, no doubt, that, you know. Oh, man. You know, it, you know I, keep ask, I keep telling my friend Gabe, I'm like, I'm like do you think he's, he's, the, he's the next Steve Largent? And it's like, it's too early to tell. Right. But, like, I'm already liking what I see I like it a in lot. his first season. I like it a lot, man. He's fast. He's strong. He's, he's got length. Just got just to gotta take care of his body. and Take care of his body. I don't, I don't think that being a big problem. I, I see him kind of, you know, he, he's listening to the guys above him that have got the experience. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I think he needs to work on is handling that ball. Yes, yes. Handling uh, that ball. I saw Not giving that ball up. Oh, man. Uh, I so I went to that Ravens game, and I saw it with my very own eyes when that ball got stripped out of his hands. Oh, and you know we were already got, we were already losing, and you know Russell's just trying to uh, you know make it a, a close game, and he throws the ball to him, and it just gets stripped, and it just gets returned for a touchdown. I was like, you gotta protect the ball, but you know that's oh you know you learn you learn as a rookie, and uh, you can only uh, get better. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and like you said, I, I see everything I see I like about him as yeah. a receiver. And that's why I think if he continues on the normal trajectory of a, of a receiver, he's going to be the best that we've ever had. You know, and getting back to what I said with, with Largent, Dave Craig was his quarterback. And, you know, we talk about fumbles. Dave Craig is the most, I don't know if you know this or not, the most fumbling quarterback in the NFL history. And I don't know, someone said something about he got small hands or he got a smaller thumb. His <laughs> Thumb smaller than average or something. I don't know what it was, but he that dude fumbled all the time. Wow. The ball and and I don't know, man. I I, I got a large signed helmet. You know, what I mean, rookie card and all that kind of stuff and bobblehead. And I'm like, he's the greatest Seahawk in my eyes. Go. But I think DK's kind of in that that path. And I think Russell. You know, you mentioned Russell. Yeah. He, he's a gamer. Russell is a gamer. Oh, yeah, he loves it and, and he thrives in, in those those situations. Right. You know, it's like. If you want anybody on your team in a you clutch know, situation, it's you know, Russell, Russell you, Wilson. You know, it's it's amazing his progression um, over time because in the beginning, you know, uh, in the beginning of the games, they don't produce. He wasn't producing mm-hmm. very well. You know, we're still not. Yeah, we're still not. I mean, they were talking about it a lot this last season how we start so slow. Yeah, and then we try to play catch up, and then we we don't close it out sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? We can get them maybe half the time, but and we what, gotta, I think we got to start better, and I think we got to be better about closing out the game and not making those those mistakes. And what I've noticed, uh, what I've noticed about uh, Russell Wilson is that um, all the losses that he, that um, during um, during the time right now is like they're so close. It's right. never it's never a right. blowout. Right. right. Ever. Right. Well, that's <laughs> like you know you get back to my Huskies, my Husky basketball team. You know they're real young right now all their losses are close, you know. <laughs> There's been a couple that have been over, you know, double digits, but, you know, they're, they're all really close. And we beat what was the number one team. I don't know who's number one now, but they beat Baylor this year. But it's all because of youth, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're a really young basketball team. But with, with Russell, 
the the thing is our offense, as you know, this year was very limited when we started having those injuries, right? So an offensive line all the way through, running back, receivers, like we haven't had a consistent core of guys going out there every week. And, you know, every team has a little bit of that. But I think we were plagued by it even more this year. And that made an impact, I think, in us being able to, you know, get a better start and close out games. So hopefully if we can be injury-free, let's get back to that Super Bowl. Let's win another mm -hmm. one. Let's win another one. Um, something that uh, we um, need to pay close attention to is the running backs. Yeah. Yeah. We lost all three of them in one game. I know, man. Well, within a short period of time. But, yeah, I mean, Chris Carson, I think we, he's going to be the man. Dude. We, didn't, we didn't just lose all three of them. We lost the, the, the number one seed on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That, was, that was up for grabs, and we lost right. all of it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, man. I was still hopeful. I was like, you know what? We're, we're a good road team, right? Like, we had a better yes. record on the road than we yes. had at home. You know, this. I was like, okay, we could do this, you know, but – yeah, it's just, it'll catch up with you when you play a, a team that, you know, they can control that ball and they shut you, you know, shut your offense down a little bit. And yeah. You're trying to play catch up and it's just too much. And Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited these next couple of years of what uh, what Carroll does and mm -hmm. these these draft picks and and rebuilding that, that legendary defense that um, he once, you know, built him and Schneider put together. And um, I, I, I keep – I keep predicting this, like, I want the, it don't matter what Super Bowl they, whether it's next year or in two years, but the one that I want to see them in is in that L.A., that L.A., uh, that L.A. stadium that they're building. Uh, yeah, the and, just, one. and just rub it in those Rams' face. <laughs> I mean, we did it to the Cardinals, but we lost in that, uh, right. we lost there. But it's just, it's just so cool seeing uh, the Hawks playing in a division rival while they're hosting the Super Bowl. So yeah. glad, glad we did that to the Cardinals. Right. <laughs> and I want to see them do that to the Rams. <laughs> That, that so. rivalry's kind of died out, though, right? So, like, we don't have the same rivalry we used to have with the Ram. Now it's all about the 49ers, right? Like, that's where our rivalry yeah. is. Well, uh, yeah, it's – but you know what? It just – it doesn't feel the same without Harbaugh. Right. Harbaugh – it, it was that connection with Harbaugh and Carroll right. where Harbaugh threw that ball, and he was, he was running the, the score. Yeah. And then Carroll went up to him and was like, hey, what's your deal? <laughs> right. And then, you know, and then from there it just, like, carried over to – to you know the NFC West and and you know now I look at it just you know Kyle or Shanahan that's that yeah Shanahan that's, uh, uh, uh. I mean I've just uh, I don't have any I don't have any faith in that guy and especially when he when he did the same thing in one Super Bowl and he did that with the in this year's Super Bowl where uh, you know that's the whole transition you know not not adjusting the the not being a good management and clocking and Mm -hmm. Oh my God! But as far as the rivalry goes, I just it just that energy is not the same. Yeah. Uh, maybe with the fans and I just it's it's just not the same. With the, it, you're right. It's not the same. Yeah. It, it is not the same. But I think we always see being that we've had the success we've had over the last decade, right? We always right. see the other better team or the other good team in the conference or in our division actually as our rival. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we don't want to be rivals with the team at the bottom. You know, we, we don't want to be rivals with the, <laughs> with the Cardinals, you know. We, we want to be rivals with the team that's up at the top or as, right next to us. As, as far as, like, that division goes, I, you know, I see, the, I see the Rams going to the, to the basement. 
Mm-hmm. I see I see the the Niners. Boy, they had such a deep defense going too, man. They yeah. just needed some offense behind it. And they, they paid been... so much money. Yeah. So yeah. Much. I think Aaron Donald is like what ninety five million dollars. <laughs> he can give a million dollars to you and every one of your descendants for the next hundred years, and still have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but that just like that just like uh, like okay, what about these other players? You know, right. <laughs> and, and that, that's what happens, I think. And I think. You know, we've we paid our stars here in Seattle, right? Like right. Russell's got his contract, and Bobby's got a contract. And, I'm, and, and this is, and I was, I'm still amazed to this day how well that organization uh, kept that Super Bowl team from Super Bowl 48. Kept half, most of all of those players intact to go to the next one. Yeah, the, we lost I, a few people, but it wasn't. You know, we kept all of the right. All I think of them. you know, and I, I'm not a Richard Sherman fan. I want to talk about Richard a little bit. I'm not a Richard Sherman fan because I'm not I'm not one in my older ages now to trash talk and not not even respect trash talk. I mean, if you got me in in high school, even a little bit in college, I was on the court all the time and I trash talked. <laughs> that was my way to try to get into someone's head to make them not play as well, right? So, you know, he's really good about that trash talk and he 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 plays the position on the edge of being legal like every play, right? Like he never plays 100% like you know, let the receiver go, right? So he's he's definitely hand-checking a lot and, you know, doing all that stuff. But he was, I think, uh, it would have been nice to have him around for one more year, right, to be able right. to train these DBs that we have a little bit and let them kind of grow before he then was left. And, and you, you see, the, the shift changed a lot with some of those players, him, Earl Thomas. Right. Like, there's some, you know – uh, stories that we don't know about, like uh, was it with with the players and Carol? I, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, but again, negotiations didn't work out with like with, with Sherman and. Yeah, no, you know what I see because so, so this is how I think Seattle has been able to keep themselves competitive. So they got those those big big guys, you know the Bobby Wagners, the Russell Wilsons, and they'll get all these other guys around them and, and pay them. I mean, these guys aren't getting, you know, they're not getting minimum wage, right, Luis? They're right. getting money, right? <laughs> but these guys aren't getting, you know, a million dollars a year. They're getting a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, $500,000 a year, and they play their position pretty well. And so it's able to make us still competitive. But we're not – we're not at the point, and, and that's why I think we should have kept Richard one more year yeah. to be able to have those guys ready to play consistently well enough on defense to be able to be the Legion of Boom Part Two, you know, or Version Two Point Oh. Still can, I still can. Well, I mean, not with you know him guiding him, but you know, right. you know, having a new version with Carroll. Well, and I think, and you know, you get back to what you said, how they kind of parted ways, and Earl Thomas and stuff too. You know, Earl got hurt twice, major injuries, yeah. right? Like. Usually when a guy gets hurt once, okay, we'll see what happens. Gets hurt twice, okay, this you is saw, enough. You saw the difference. You saw how they're pl- – I mean, Earl had a, a monster season, you know, coming back. But he got he, – remember that play? He got trucked uh, by oh, yeah. by Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, yeah. it was bad. And yeah. then with Sherman, you saw that in the Super Bowl where, oh, yeah. where you know, he was – His speed is not there. You, yeah. you, you tear an Achilles – you're not going to be as fast. As I was just having this, you know, conversation with Brian about that, and yeah. yeah, it's not. He's not. It's not the same. Yeah, it's impressive how he, you know, that he got up there. But once you're, yeah. once you're, you're covering someone that's younger, fresh. Oh, it's it's a. Uh, 
and I think Carroll likes the the younger athletes, and he, and he you know, because he's a call. I think he's a college coach in his mentality and the way he approaches things. But that's what makes I think our team good because he gets those young guys in there and they like the atmosphere, right? They're playing the music right. during practice and all that kind of stuff. And he gets them to believe in themselves and he puts them in positions where they feel like they can thrive. And then, you know, it goes from there. But I think Earl and, and Richard, they're a little, you know, a little salty because Seahawks weren't going to give them the money. And, you know, because we knew long-term they weren't going to fit into the, 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 the yeah. scheme. You know what I mean? Like we, we wanted to make sure that we're going to get – you know they're going to be viable athletes for the team to be able to make us still be competitive and not cost us too much money you know um you know we've gotten hit by a couple of people i think cam chancellor didn't he get a big contract before he yeah. ended up retired medically retired yeah. and i don't know how much of that goes against the cap and all that and how that works against you know uh the revenue of the team and whether or not there was i don't look into contracts so closely to see is does he only get a certain portion of it or how that works but you know i think bam Man, that guy, he put his body on the line every always, game. Every always. game. And when he got injured, it's because he was playing all out. Yeah, he like, sacrificed his he body. He sacrificed his body. So he deserves every dollar he, he put out. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no questions. Yeah. Uh, and, and Earl Thomas, too, man. I, I think of you know all the guys that have played defense for us. And uh, I think about him as being one of the top five. You well, know what I mean? And, and Richard probably out, just outside of that top five. I, I, I see – uh, I'm already making this uh, predict uh, prediction is that they're all going to be Hall of Famers. Like, sure. There's going to be that one year where they all get in. Do you think they'll all get in at the, the same, same time? Same year? That'd be cool, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because be it all depends upon retirement, right? So oh, that's, when, yeah. when do they retire and, and all that, too? Or ha- but this will, this will be an era where we'll see a lot more Seahawks go in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have more Seahawks in the Hall of Fame from this dynasty that we've got going right yes. now than any other time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we only got, what, Walter Jones and Steve Largent. And, and now Steve and Hutchinson. Jones and Hutchinson, yeah. yeah he, Man, I'm still bitter about losing Steve back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, we could have done it if we didn't, you know, we could have came back the next year if we didn't lose Steve yeah, Hutchinson. We went, yeah. I mean, I guess the money was better in, at, what, Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. Wherever it was, well, it was, it was the there was that contract thing that you know if we signed it, then we would have to pay. Holmgren was, it was some, yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was some NFL rule that they had that if another team offered this, you have to offer this much more, and we couldn't do it because then if we did, then we'd have to lose a bunch of co- other contracts with guys or something. I don't remember the whole details, but yeah, you know, that was rough because that was the year after we we had them that year of the Super Bowl. And that's why we had that good offensive yeah. line. That's why Sean Alexander scored all them touchdowns. All those touchdowns. He could, bl- he could blame all that. I mean, he's a, he was a good quarter running back. Don't don't get me wrong. I was such but, a big Sean Alexander you, fan during that time. <laughs> yeah, but it was that offensive line, man. They they opened holes for that guy. So anyway, he uh, he 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 had to go where he had to go to make the money for himself. So he had to play Steve Hutchinson for what that. Uh, what did you think of that that the beast mode sighting uh, at the end of the season, where like he. Uh, um, they just they just signed him for the playoffs. And, oh yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. I thought that was cool because you know I think and they only used him for situ- for some like third situ- down situations yeah. or or, co- or to the goal line. Man, and he got through that goal line, didn't he? Yeah. I wish we would have gave him the ball in that Super Bowl. <laughs> what did, What did you think of that last um, that whole scenario when they played the Niners when the season ended uh, two months ago? Yeah. You remember you remember that sequence where they had the opportunity to give it to him and instead I think they passed it. Uh, against the against the Niners, 
remember. It was that. such a. It was like a sim. It was like a similar situation. Did we score? No, we lost. Oh we man, we lost. I, I, and, was but, it because of that? Was he in the game? Yeah, he was in the game, really? and he, he was close. To, uh, he was close to the goal line, and I think it was some clock situation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember what you're talking about now. Okay, so from what I understand from the whole thing, and it was you know they didn't want to try to point fingers. Is is Beast Mode wasn't ready. He wasn't ready on the sideline. Like his number was called, and he didn't get out on the field in time. Oh, That's okay. what happened. So he was supposed to get out there, and he was going to get the ball from what I think was yeah. anticipated from what I can kind of gather. But because of that, we got that delay of game, and that pushed us back. And so then we were in a passing down, passing situation. So he wasn't going to get the ball in a passing situation, which I don't, I don't really under, always understand that. I, I mean, I've never seen the guy drop a lot of balls that are thrown to him. Like, I've I seen him going in the flat a lot during, like, when we had him out there and we didn't pass the, you know, give him the ball. I feel like he could have caught that ball and ran for a bunch, right? Because who's right. he going to have? He's going to have a DB on the, the outside that's going to come off. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not getting blocked great by our receivers because our receivers, I think, are some of the best blocking receivers in the NFL. Maybe a, a defensive end comes over, but, you know, Beast Mode's going to take one guy on one guy. He's going to knock that dude down. <laughs> You know, it's going, to take, it's going to take at least two to take him yeah. down. So I don't know why we never threw the ball to beast mode more because I felt like we could have been more, more dominant. You know, what I mean, yeah. more dynamic and using him as a as a receiver. But he, the but too. He, we, yeah, we benefited a lot in in that and in the uh, in the playoffs against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, in, for sure. In some way, he saved us. He saved us. I think yeah. for sure because if I mean, not not to take anything away from Homer. Homer was Homer did okay. You know what I mean? But having that bruiser back that, that he is, that Carson was. Yes, yeah. Homer I mean? just came out of, he was like a young Chris Matthews. Just, right, you know. right, right. So yeah. I think I think uh, Beast Mode, I like him. I've always liked him. You know, I think it was funny, all the stuff he's like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> you know, I still say that. I'm, I'll go to a staff meeting, I'll be like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> so before, so before uh, we move on to this next uh, topic, uh, what, what's the what's the season gonna look like for the Hawks? We're gonna win the Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl. We're calling it. I'm calling it. I say it every year. I told you, man. I'm a fan <laughs> all the way. I'm a fan all the way, man. So. Well, what, what, what record-wise, what, what do you see? Well, we haven't. Even, I haven't seen the, the schedule. Just okay, I'm not gonna get crazy and say we're gonna be 16 and 0, but <laughs> I'm gonna say we win 12 games. 12 games. 12 games, okay. and we go to the Super Bowl. We're, and the games we lose are gonna be close, just like this year, right? We're not gonna we're not gonna get blown out, right? So. Um, I feel like, you know, I think I think we got all the pieces, and we we can we can fill a couple little holes here and there. And the experience that I think our defense got this last year is going to be so much, you know, going toward this next year's defense being better. And uh, as long as we can stay stay healthy on offense, man, just stay healthy. No yeah. injuries, no injuries, please, 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 no injuries, and I think we'll be all right. I hope we I hope some way we can retain uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was such an a- uh, asset to the to the team. Yeah, we didn't use him enough though. I, yeah. I don't think. I think, you know, and there, he had a lot of a lot of baggage coming in. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think I think Tyler Lockett is is still probably our number one receiver, right? And I think you know Metcalf is is, is coming along. Oh, uh, by the way, we just uh, we just signed what uh, a day ago, uh, Greg Olson. Oh, we did. Yeah, we signed. No, him. we didn't. Yeah, we got Greg Olson. Well, I'm glad, but my boy, 
Uh, I See, can't think you, about who's the tight end. Who's the, who's the so tight end that, that hurt they the have, last two years? They have Hollister and Dis, Will Disley. Disley, man. Yeah. Disley He's is a, a beast. I saw he my, just can't stay healthy. I saw my number. I, I remember that one year, my numbers were going up on fantasy football, and I was like, I'm going to throw Will Disley in there. <laughs> and I was like, who is Will Disley? I'm telling you, that, that guy's <laughs> Legit, yeah. He's the he's he's the real thing. He just can't stay healthy. For now, nothing. now with uh, Greg Olson, um, I know he's got. Once again, you know, being being my being my dog, he's a husky, so you know, I have to cheer for him. <laughs> too, so he, uh, you know, he reminds me at at his stage, he reminds me of like a, a Zach Miller mm. well, at the time, you know, because he's already you know close to career, you know. Um, I might saying, have a couple years. A couple years left, but he's like a he's like a Zach Miller to yeah. me. And Zach Miller was a good tight end at the time before right. we spent all that money on Jimmy Graham. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and of course Jimmy Graham burns us in the in the playoffs and kind of seals the game for for a yeah. I don't I don't, want, I don't like that dude. <laughs> I never I never really thought I, I was never really hyped on him anyway. You know what I mean? I yeah. was never a big. I was actually fan. I was actually at the game where he uh, where he where he tore his was it his ACL against the Steelers yeah I was I was there and I saw the whole play happen and I was like that's my only memory that I remember of Jimmy Graham and I yeah. never saw him ever again <laughs> I don't know I just I felt like we had one play for him it was the one play was and it was go to the end zone turn around get the guy behind you and we'll throw the ball at you right like that yeah. was it seemed like that was the one play that we did like okay get in the end zone or, you know, throw one up and, you know, have him out leap it. And it always seemed like it was always overthrown. It, it, it was seemed forced to me. It seemed forced, like, to try to get him the ball because we knew we paid him all this money. We got to get, try to get him the ball. Should have just kept Unger. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just kept really. That's the, that would have been well-spent money right there yeah. for sure. I mean, and not, not that, you know, of course, our center got hurt this year. And, but Joey Hunt, I thought he came in. I met Joey Hunt and got a, got a football signed uh, by him for my brother-in-law. Um, but Joey Hunt, you know, he stepped in. He's a small center. You, and he stepped in and did a good job for you, us this year. You think uh, Ifedi leaves? I don't know, man. I, it's I, a lot of. It's a, I think he leaves. I, it's just a, a lot of, and then also a lot of those penalties. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited uh, for Greg Olson, and I want to see what this offense you know, looks. Uh, whether he's blocking, catching, mostly hope he's catching and. And I hope they do, you know, they switch up the the tight ends, like throw in Will Disley, throw yeah, in Hollister. Hollister. And Hollister, man, he, he once he Disley got hurt, Hollister, Hollister he, stepped did, up. he stepped up. That dude can get up and get a ball. Yeah. You know, you throw that ball outside of his reach just by an inch, he going to get it still. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he seems like he pulled the balls down from nowhere. I'm like, well, how did he get that? You know, and, and he's strong, too, and, like, he took some hits that you think, oh, he's got to be hurt after that. He's got to take off. He's got to have to come out for a play. No, he got right back up. You know what I mean? He's like right. made out of rubber or something. He did want to break. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully Zach can uh, do a good job for us. I think I think uh, his experience could help Hollister and Disley, you know what I mean, and, and help them develop to be, you know, better, better athletes themselves in their positions. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about – you know, football did not end, even though the Super Bowl was over. Right. We still have another league that just uh, started, and this league has actually been around, but they didn't last that uh, that long. They what, like what, two seasons, and then right. they disappeared for like twenty years. But the XFL, and yeah. we have the Seattle Dragons. So, what's your what's 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 the coach's take on that? Uh, well, first of all, 
I remember when the XFL came out, and I don't know what the X stands for. I don't think there is a meaning for the X. Um, but uh, I, you know what? I'm going to give props to Vince McMahon for not giving up, <laughs> right? So it didn't work the first time. Yeah. Let's tweak some things. Let's try it again. Uh, so give him props for not giving and up. And the, the, the talent is just – it's out there now. I don't yeah. – well, I mean, it probably was, but the, it's just a lot. There's so much talent now than yeah. what, it, what I it think was. it's I think it's better, but still, I think, you know, and I only watched one game or part of one game. Yeah. Because um, they've, they've only played probably 10 games total, right, so far this season. Um, and I was talking to one of my one of my colleagues here. i got to give him a shout-out, Chris Caseman. And he, he said, this is his words, he said, it's like watching nine-year-olds play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, we were talking about how the play seems so much slower, right? And and the players aren't as talented as the NFL, which obviously it's the next league. It's like looking at CFL versus NFL. It's going to be right. not as not as not as good as talent and, and all that. But uh, you know, you, you have to give them some grace because there was no preseason. Right? Yeah, they just it's week one, you baby. Know, they're, they're, <laughs> st- they're still figuring things out. You know yeah. what I mean? So they're still getting in shape, and they're still you know figuring their offenses and defenses. And you know, stuff, just so. just like the NFL, they always modify their, you know, they always pivot something new. And mm-hmm. you know, I expect that with the XFL. And right. I know they're gonna. I I I already see this being successful, and I see expansion. Right. As far as like more teams coming in. I think it's cool that we in Seattle got a team right off the gate. Yeah. Right, because I mean, the reality is we're a football. Mecca, I mean, we're a football uh, town now. Yeah, it's football state. You know what I mean? Because of how successful we've been in Seattle, yeah. you got more Seattle fans now than we've ever had because of the success. Yeah, and I think, you know, getting back to what I talked about with like Dis- Disley and Hollister, with Greg helping them develop to be better players, I think the XFL is going to help these guys pr- get prepared to be maybe one day in the NFL. Right? right, it's going to kind of do what the CFL is because done. they they're doing they're just like tr- doing they have they have former players they're doing tryouts off the street right. right and you know maybe maybe some Canadian football players throw that in there as well right so it's like a a, a mix of both or right. you know a batch of all that and there's going to be guys that you know don't get discovered in college or don't play college yeah. and all of a sudden they come out and they play in the XFL and they show like what they're capable of. And then they're, they're going to maybe get a shot in the NFL, NFL. as a result. I, I, and yeah. And I don't look at it uh, like all the, what is like, I don't look at it as like slandering the XFL. I see the XFL as helping, sure. Helping sure. the NFL yeah. and helping players. And that's awesome that that's that. So I think it's, it's good to say that and I, I need to get there. My, my own brain is don't try to compare the two because they're not There's no comparison. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the NFL is going to be the, the premier league. Yeah, that's the. But XFL can definitely kind of help out building the NFL and right and, and being a, a help to it. So, yeah. And um, it, uh, I, there was a report, not, uh, I think it was like two days ago, that the Seattle Dragons are the and it doesn't. For some reason, it didn't surprise me that they were the leading uh, ticket sales. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And they just opened more seating. Uh-huh. So now it's like 30,000 plus, and who knows? They might – I see them like a young Seattle Sounders team because mm-hmm. you, at, at one point they didn't open a lot of seatings, and now it's like – They opened the whole thing up. They opened the whole thing yeah. up now. They yeah. opened the whole thing up for the MLS Cup. Right, right. right. Yeah, so and they – so, you know, I see them, you know, as a young Sounders club, and uh, I, I, I look forward to seeing what they, uh, 
you know, I don't expect much uh, out of the Dragons. I see in Brandon Silvers. Uh, uh, I don't know yet. I, I don't know what I, what, I'll, what we'll get out of him. But, um, yeah, we'll see what year one has in store for the Dragons. And, right. and they, they got a couple of UW stars. They have the case. Was it? Kaysen, Kaysen Williams. Yeah, they got him on yeah. the on the squad. Yeah. Um, but well, they got the old uh, Jim Zorn, which is Jim Zorn. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Seahawk. Ex so. Redskins head coach. Right. Now right. he's a uh, now he's head coach for the for the Seattle Dragons and and yeah, I was I was so I was so upset when I found out who their who their first game was against the D.C. Defenders, and their quarterback was Cardell Jones. Hmm. I'm like Cardell Jones, the Cardell Jones that. Destroyed Alabama, destroyed Oregon in that uh, in that in the playoffs, and won that ship with uh, with what's his name, Urban Meyer. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I was Ohio like, State. I was like, this is not fair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't expect much, but the games will be fun to watch. Even th- this game that happened uh, last weekend was really fun to watch. It was it was all defense from both sides. Yeah. And, um, but that, yeah. I think once once the offense starts figuring out their stuff, they're gonna we'll see more scoring though. I think I think like I said, it's still so early, you know. But yeah, man, XFL, XFL, man. Um, so next up, MMA. All right. And I know you've got some history with MMA, but uh, uh, before all that, uh, what do you think of how it is? from what it was back then to what it is now like now it's just it's such a it's such a uh, popular um sport to watch then um it's even more popular to me than boxing and i love boxing right right. Right. no it it definitely has grown over the years over the years i remember i don't remember what the first ufc was that i watched um i originally got into it the very beginning because um Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson yep. got into it. And I was just watching amateur stuff. Like, I watched his very first fight at Vision Quest in Auburn, where he had his very first amateur fight. And I remember still to this day the guy that he beat in the first round, because he, like, knocked him out, like the dude, like it was TKO. Uh, I remember seeing the guy, because, you know, amateur fights, you go in the same bathroom as, as the fighters do, right? Like, the locker room yeah. and the bathroom is <laughs> the same thing. And I seen him in there crying, and he's holding his, you know, side, and his face is all beat up. And, and uh, so that was my kind of first real experience with it, because, you know, I wanted to support him, being a former, former student athlete of mine. And then from there, I remember watching the UFCs, you know, before he even got, you know, got to that level um, with my cousin. And then uh, I remember it not being a big thing, but still there was a pretty good following, you know, fans and stuff. But now it's like worldwide, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's becoming more more known. Um, and not just UFC, but, you know, the one championship, which is what DJ's yes. with now, is starting to come from Asia now over to the United States, you know what I mean? So it's really blending across all all levels here. I'm so upset. I, I only caught the end of, of Mighty Mouse, like, you know, uh, and I had this conversation with you uh, uh, last time, but uh, my the actually the very first fight that I watched him was against uh, Ray Borg, and when mm-hmm. he he jumped on him, he, he got his arm and he made him tap out. He just leaped in the air with his arm. Right, right. And I was like, oh my god, you know, DJ's a killer. <laughs> yeah, and, and dynamic. Yeah, dynamic. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't like how that. Um, 
how that went with uh, him and Cejudo, but yeah, I don't know, that's that's how it is. Well, I, and since he left the UFC, I don't, I don't honestly, I haven't watched the UFC fight since. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and n- now that I looked into one championship since he's over there, and and he's happy there. You know, I've talked to him. I was like, man, he's he's super happy there. He's he's you know he's respected. He's valued, you know what I mean, everything that the UFC basically didn't do for him, they're doing for him there. Yeah. And I think he might even be making more money. But, you know, you have to look at, and I did some some looking up, because I knew there was these these tenets. You know, you get back to what I talked about with cross-country. There's certain tenets of the, the program, the fight organization, that makes it that way, right? And what makes it what it is. One championship, they say they're integrity, humility, honor, mm. respect, courage, yeah. discipline, compassion. You, you know don't I mean? see a circus over there. Hey, you don't see that circus. You don't hear that from yeah. UFC. UFC does not say, oh, we're about integrity and humility and honor, respect, courage, discipline, compassion. What are they about? They're about the money. Yeah. They're about hyping up fights. You know what I mean? Who can, who can talk the most trash mm-hmm. is going to get the fight, right? They can then get the money. So, um, you know, in, in one championship, as I already said, you know, they're the largest organization in Asia, which Asia is the mecca of MMA. You know, mixed martial yeah. arts started in Asia. And so they have fighters over there. I, I watched the very first um, one they had where they had the app where you get the app, you get all the fights for free. Right. Now they got, you know, the premium app where if you want the main event, you got to pay the gotta subscription. Pay. <laughs> it is, it's going to be about money at some point because people got to make money. But, you know, they have 11 different types of mixed martial arts. They don't just have your regular MMA. You know, they have jiu-jitsu and they have all that other stuff, too. You know, the fighters, from what I, what I observed, they're more well-rounded. You know what I mean? They're more disciplined. Whereas you get guys here in the UFC, they just fight one way. You know what yeah. I mean? They can't adapt. Um, and, and they make mistakes, and you, or you can exploit those mistakes. You know what I mean? Whereas with what I've seen in the one championship, you don't see that as much. Um, because they've been, some of these guys have been fighting since they go walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they've been taught how to do this stuff. So... But, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a DJ fan. Like, that's what got me into MMA, like I said in the very beginning. I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'll, I'll ride DJ until he retires, and even after that, still talk about him, you know? Yeah, uh, that, that's an interesting point that you made about um, um, where because I always, I, always I always wanted to see a, a cross-promotion between like one UFC Bellator UFC Bellator one but I don't think what you just said that they they represent um, different qualities than the mm-hmm. UFC yeah and I just don't ever see them um, you know doing a cross promotion no. and I want because for me I want to see the best of the best go at it right. I want to see the best welterweight from that from that uh, promotion the best welterweight from the other. Yeah, but, that that works for boxing, right? Yeah. Like you understand boxing, yeah. and that's how it works with boxing a lot. So that that'll that'll work with that, but MMA it doesn't it work. It doesn't because, work that way yeah. because they have different values. Mm-hmm. You know, they have different kind of tenets of their 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 promotion, where they're not going to have that. You know, obviously, the UFC and one championship made this deal to get DJ over to one. Right. And, you know, UFC was thankful, I guess, that they got who they got because DJ wasn't the kind of fighter they wanted. You know, but DJ, like I said, one championship's perfect for DJ because that fits his personality. And DJ is the same dude now as he was in high school. He hasn't changed. Wow. He's the same. That's he's awesome. The same, <laughs> he's the same dude. You know, and he's had success. You know, he's got his money and all that kind of stuff, but he has not changed one bit. I mean, I can 
you know, text them up any t any minute, and you know, we're, we're we're chatting over a text for a little bit. And, and when I see him interact with people and talk, he's the same dude. You know, I the only thing I ever give him crap for is about his language. You know, he likes to he likes to throw some 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 profanity out there. But you know, I I I uh, I, I love DJ man. He's such a good dude. Um, you know, I remember good good example here. So I remember when he lost to Brad Pickett. That was his first loss ever uh, in in uh, MMA. And it was then within a week after that, we had already scheduled this, that he was going to come and speak to the cross-country team that I had at the time. And he was going to kind of motivate them prior to the season starting. And, you know, he talked about that loss, and he talked about what he learned from it. You know what I mean? He didn't try to shy away from it. He didn't try to, like, say, oh, I was robbed or anything like that. I mean, Brad Pickett in that fight, he took DJ down. That's all he did, basically, is he took him down. He didn't cause any damage or anything like that. But TJ, DJ look at, took it as a, as a learning experience, you know what I mean? And when he lost to Dominic Cruz, you know, it, it was clear that Dominic Cruz's experience, you know, and the, and, the, and the strategy he employed and his size over DJ, you know, he was able to, able to out leverage him and basically control the octagon and push DJ up against the fence and kind of, you know, do a little bit of stuff on DJ there. And, and even when he lost to Cejudo, he didn't make a big stink about it. You yeah, know what I mean, it, he didn't make a big stink about. It. The reality is, he he didn't lose the Cejudo the second time, and you know what happened the first time. Mm -hmm. He knocked that dude out. You yeah. know what I mean? So we know DJ's a superior fighter to Cejudo. He always was, and if he was to fight Brad Pickett right now, he'd destroy Brad Pickett. Yeah. So he could binge that loss easily. Dominic Cruz is just a, a beast of a. I mean, he he's definitely one of those greatest of greatest um, MMA fighters. So I don't know if he could ever beat Cruz. Maybe. When Cruz is on his decline and having knee problems, DJ could probably come back and get him. But Cruz is always a 135er. DJ's a true flyweight 125er. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, size kind of does win out sometimes in those games, right. you know? So, but, you know, DJ, he's always been really, like, humble and, like, all those characteristics I talked about, you know, all throughout it. Humble in victory, humble in defeat. You know, he'll do his little yeah. show at the end of the, the fight when he wins. He gets a knockout, gets a submission, whatever. But I see some of those at one. Uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah. man, it was, it was, it's it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a different like it's like you said it's, it's it's just a different atmosphere on that side. Yeah, you, and you'll see dudes like after the fight, like you know, you won, but you're bowing down to the other dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and you're you know showing that honor to that dude, even though you beat him. You're like, hey, dude. I appreciate you fighting with me, you know, in this ring right now, sharing this experience. Um, I'm excited. April April 10th slash 11th, I don't know, because it's over in Asia, so you right. know how the time change is different. He's going to be going for the, the, the belt. He's going for the belt. So he won the Grand Prix. He's a Grand Prix champion. So is that oh, is that like an <clears throat> interim belt that he has right now? So it's not an interim belt. So they had a Grand Prix, which is basically like a bracket championship, kind of like they right. did for the flyweight. But there's already a guy, Adrian Moraes, Moraes whatever, um, he's already got the flyweight belt. So they already have a champion. They're doing this this Grand Prix to see who's going to fight him for the belt. Wow. So DJ's going to hopefully get himself that belt here in April. I, so. he's, I think he's got it. I think so, yeah. too. That guy's younger, but DJ's got the experience. Yeah, this yeah, this Moreas guy, he's had the belt like a couple, three different times. He like yeah. lost it, won it, lost it, won it, something like that. DJ's but. got that like repetition just all um, all the um, fights in his past and even at UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and he's he's so well rounded, yeah. right? Like he he's fast, he, on his feet, his hands fast. You know what I mean? He's disciplined in the way he strikes. You know, mm -hmm. he's not going to put himself out there where he's going to get he's going to get he's going to get clipped every once in a while. That's just the way it is. You put your put your 
put your body in the ring, someone's going to get you with one of them every once in a while, but he doesn't put himself out there where he's going to get knocked out, you know what I mean? And, you know, he's, he's had himself in some pretty tight chokes. I mean, his face looked like it's, it's as red as your shirt is right now. You know, it's like, <laughs> dude, are you going to be able to stay with it or are you going to tap out? Are you going to pass out? But, you know, he, he always seems to come through with those things. He's just so well-rounded on the ground, too. So, yeah, as you said, that flying arm bar that he had, dude. Yeah, Submit that, that, dude. That yes, was crazy. That was, yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I've never seen anyone. To this day, I've no, never seen any other happen. fighter in any cross-promotion ever do that. That won't, yeah, that won't happen. That's DJ. And he practiced that. He said wow. he practiced that. He, like, he's, he's practiced that. Ray before, Borg's so. like, what is he doing with my arm once so that, he's in the air? And then, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think uh, a good a testimony to DJ's character and the way he fights and, and, and the kind of fighter he is, is his coaches too. Matt Hume is his coach, has been from the very beginning. Um, he's a good dude. I got to meet him. I got to go up to the gym one day and just kind of watch what they do. And he's a really good coach. And he's got other good, you know, coaches that work with, with him as well. But it all starts with Matt Hume. So, so it, speaking of that, uh, that, <coughs> that gym, I actually made myself a, a New Year re- resolution on top of what, you know, what I got going on with this. Like, I want to go visit that gym and, and just just take some fundamental lessons up there and, yeah. you know, uh, somewhat learn some experience or just get that experience. Like, that'd be pretty pretty cool to, to do. I mean... You talking about, like, doing some MMA? Yeah, but, like, just, like, fundamentals of it. Sure. I, I don't see... I mean... I don't know how my body would hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they have any introductory classes. They definitely have some guys all training in that gym. So I can yeah. connect you up with DJ and, and maybe get you something. Oh, set up. sweet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love, I, I love the fight game. And shout out to uh, Gabe Weed. That's the guy that, like, I was always a boxing fan. Yeah. Still am. But I see myself watching more of mixed martial arts than any other sport. Like, yeah. Like I'd rather I'd rather miss football games, but no, I, I got to watch some MMA. It's just right. it's just so it's just so fun. It's so entertain like it's just so intense. Right. Like right. you like you don't know what's gonna happen. Like yeah. perfect example of like uh, Dominic Reyes and John Jones. Mm-hmm. That was you know um, officiating, obviously, but. You know, Dominic Reyes won that fight. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, like I said, I don't watch UFC anymore. But yeah. from what I heard, Dominic Reyes, yeah. he should have won that fight. Should have won. That's what I heard, too. But once again, you know, I'll talk, I'll talk about this more later with one of our topics here. You know, talking about the, the Wilder Fury thing. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> I, think, I, think, uh, I think with UFC, their tenant, their value is money. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. They want to make as much money as possible. Right. And, and who's their money man? Is it Reyes or is it Jones? It's Jones. It's Jones. Yeah. So who do we want to win? Jones. Jones. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that they're putting money in the judges' pockets, but the, the judges are going to be influenced by the crowd and by everything that's going on, and they're scoring. They're, it's subjective to a certain point, right? Right. And, of course, we know that you know the, the scoring, that it, how they score it, and it's not always true MMA, you know what I mean, the way that MMA should be scored. And so – you know, get a guy. My that's, my understanding with the whole MMA scoring is that they're basing it off of boxing. Right, yeah. and it depends on I think the the um, whatever the uh, officials organization is that mm-hmm. they use for that whatever that area they fight in. They kind of use a little bit of a different scoring 
mechanism. And so it just, there's no, there's no, it doesn't, it's not very objective. You know, in my opinion, you can get rid of some of the judges pretty easily and say, okay, we're just going to have a quick little clicker. Every time somebody punches someone else and it's a clean punch, you're going to get a point or you're going to get some sort of, you know, positive rating. And if you get hit, that's going to be a negative rating. Right. You get yeah. taken down. That's a negative rating. Right. You get you know, you take someone down. That's a positive rating. You do an attempted submission move. That's a positive. You get almost attempted submitted. You get right. negative. Right. So and, you know, have it a little bit more objective so you don't have these situations. Right. Because Reyes outstruck Jones. Right. Correct. And did yeah. Jones do much more on Reyes than Reyes didn't get back? So, on him? yeah, I mean, he I, I guess um, I had it. Four to one, Reyes. The the third one was kind of like either way, and most of it, most of it they gave that to to Jones. So it's four, uh, three to three to two. Yeah, three to two. So yeah. Uh, you know a good way to solve all this? You want me to tell you how to fix this? How to fix it? How do you fix how, this? How do you fix this? I you had. Just, hey, you just have them fight until one of them quit or one of them get knocked out. <laughs> So just no, I'm serious. Just just there's no five rounds. There's no no time limit. There's just, no time limit. Just just go. Just go, huh? Like like when you fighting somebody well, after school, <laughs> you just go until someone quits, and then we know who won, right? Right. That's how it goes. So well, that that's one method, That's one way to go about it. I had I see I had different ideas. First one would be have either have five to six judges instead of three. Okay have judges on each side of the octagon like have them oh like, yeah so you can see all the angles. yeah or do something like uh i don't know maybe something like like how nfl has like the new york or somebody in their headquarters mm-hmm. have another judge there okay someone from a distance yes yeah, yeah. that and, and get rid of these this whole boxing point scoring that's yeah. that's the first thing that that they have to do as well but yeah i'm not liking how officiating has been Oh, what's been going on? That whole fight, that whole event was terrible from from the beginning. There was like two other cards that um, where the fighters were robbed mm-hmm. um, before the main card happened. It happens a yeah. lot, man. When I used to watch it UFC, I'm like, how did that happen? Like, how was that even possible? Like, it wouldn't be every fight, but it would. It, it'd be often enough. You're like, man, how is, how did they get that guy winning that fight? Because I felt I felt like the other guy should have won. Cause Correct. It was, yeah. It was, it was clear. Like, look at the dude's face. Like, all through the fight, he was getting more strikes on that guy, and yeah. So I think there's. And There's definitely some improvement to be done It's there. starting to haunt me again, like how in boxing, my first experience w- with just the judges themselves was that whole the whole um, with uh, Canelo and Triple G. Yeah. Uh, one judge scored it uh, higher for uh, for Canelo than Gennady Golovkin, and um, you know, in everybody's eyes, we all know who won that first fight. Even though that you know Canelo is my guy, for no matter what, he lost the fight. I'm right. as a fan. I'm, I am admitting that he he lost the fight. And yeah. and yeah, it's just that the officiating is just just terrible. And uh, I feel like what I what I just said should be also applied in boxing, not yeah. just in MMA. But yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind your your uh, your your, uh, your idea. <laughs> let him go. Someone's gonna quit. Someone's gonna get knocked out. Yeah. You choked out, knocked out, or quit. So you're saying there's no not not even a like a break. No timeout, man, no, no breaks. No waters. No, breaks. no 
No, hey, uh, it's like cross country, man. No timeouts. <laughs> no timeouts. You're right. You're right. Okay. Right? You run the whole race. You run the whole race. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk, let's talk about that Wilder Fury. Okay. I know, I know you're a big boxing guy, and I'm not a boxing fan in, in that regard. I like, to, I like to watch some of the greats and go back and watch the black and whites and Muhammad Ali, because that guy, man, he, you know, he's, he was just real smooth, you know, and, and all that. But, you know, I, 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 I think the whole reason for the draw um, is so they can have a third fight, right? Or, or no, this one, a second this, fight. So a second fight. Yeah. So they can have a second fight. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have a draw again, so they have a third fight. Or there's a conspiracy that <laughs> one guy should have won and the other guy won instead, right? And they're like, oh, no, we got to run that back. We got to do that again. Because <laughs> boxing, if you want to talk about money, I mean, Mayweather, right? Look at him. Like, that dude's making millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, him and McGregor got together, and how many millions of dollars was that, that whole thing, right? Because boxing does have a pretty big draw and then they get for some reason they get more promotion money and stuff usually when you know for an event um so i could totally see there being a third fight on that one too yeah more money. i mean Ty- it's all of it's all about them benjamins yeah. Ty- tyson fury has uh tyson fury has like three well maybe two two fights uh under his contract with top rank so yeah there's a strong possibility that a, a third after the second um um, boxing between them. Um, now, as far as as far as who I got it. So last episode, I had Fury. I say Fury stops him in eighth in the eighth round, because uh, what I what what's interesting and I've seen this in box in boxing, going back to uh, the like the the second time Canelo and Triple G fought. You know, Canelo fought a different style, a different. He had a different game plan, and he made sure it it didn't go to the judges. Mm-hmm. And when I see Wilder, um, you know, it's it's a whole different um, style. It's you know, with him, you're gonna get knocked out. I, you know, he only went that distance with uh, with Fury, but he just recently fought uh, Luis Ortiz for the second time in November, and Luis Ortiz almost took him to the distance. Um, in their first in their first bout and in the second bout you know wilder studied it and prepared better and it's funny because i was yeah the seventh round in the seventh round in that first match they uh he was uh wilder was getting clipped like he was just that round belonged to luis ortiz and it almost looked like uh he was gonna put him out and what does Wilder do in the seventh round in the rematch? He knocks him out. Mm-hmm. So I see, I see somewhat uh, similarities uh, with this rematch with Fury. Now, what I like about Fury is that uh, I don't know how how well how well his body is now from the first because he was he wasn't even ready. Yeah, know. he didn't look ready. He didn't look ready. He was still trying to get in shape, and I was, uh, you know. Kudos to Fury for even um, for throwing himself out there and still um, put that kind of performance. And uh, only see I weigh Fury taking this is um, he has to avoid those 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 uh, those shots. He has to avoid um, the the big hit. Mm-hmm. And um, you know just ha- all he has to do is just tap him. Just input in. He just. He was ra- he was racking up the points in the first put one. Put that jab out yeah. there. Yeah, put that jab does, out there. He does like this uh, herky jerky, and that 
that like uh, threw Wilder because right. Wilder's never fought that style. Right. He's always putting people out like in the first round. Yeah. Well, and yeah. he's like you said, Wilder. He's able to kind of learn, right? So yeah. He learns from the first fight, and he, he comes learns. back to the second fight, and he's gonna not be fooled by that. He's yeah. not gonna, you know, let you do what you did to him last time, and he's gonna he's gonna figure out after thinking about the fight how can I exploit that better now that I've already experienced it, right because you can look at tape right but right. tape is different than actually getting in the ring right. and seeing it and doing it and you can't find somebody that fights exactly the same way that someone else fights right, right? And everybody has those little nuances that make them a little bit different and I think Wilder now that he's experienced it he probably will come back and, and do his thing but if he doesn't knock him out and Fury's able to do enough to kind of get some points and get some rounds, it's going to go to third fight, right? right. Or it's going to be one of those things, well, Wilder really didn't knock him out, didn't really hurt him enough, so and it's a draw. Yeah, I remember I remember the, the first match uh, so well. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be like what Fury did to Vladimir Klitschko many years ago where he just like tap, 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 and he took all the belts from Klitschko, and you yeah. know, Klitschko was never champion again. <laughs> And, you know, I, we could see that same, you know, we could still see that same uh, thing happening to Wilder, but I just don't see it. Yeah. I just don't see it. I just, I just see that uh, it, it just takes one hit, and he kind of summed it up. He, he kind of summed it up uh, good, like uh, Tyson has to be really uh, precise, and Wilder just, just one shot. Yeah. Just one shot, and it's over. Yeah. Well, it could happen the other way, too. One yeah. shot from Fury can knock him out, too. So, you know, those guys don't be throwing no little baby punches, man. They hit me once. I'm going to sleep forever. <laughs> so, Coach, uh, you have anything else you want to you wanna say? Uh, I, I want to talk about my Sonics, man. This is a sports Oh, show. that's right. We, yeah, we, yeah. Can't, we can't not talk about yes. my Sonics. I'm still so upset. And, you know, I talked about, you know, I don't really watch MMA anymore. Right. I don't watch NBA anymore. I quit watching NBA. Like, I try to turn on the All-Star game and all that. I couldn't do it, man. I, I, feel, I can't do it. I feel the same way. Like, well, I was never in, you know, I've said this before in my first in my first episode that, you know, I, I was, basketball has never been my forte. But, mm-hmm. like, if if we had a team, I'll definitely support it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it will eventually grow on me. But, um, you know, ever since they've they left, like, I don't. They didn't leave, man. They stole them from us. They, oh yeah, they, you're right. You're right. They they stole it from us. They uh, stole them from us. But no, yeah, I I I, uh, I quit watching them way back then, and because I I was I'm a, I, and I'm still bitter. I mean, what's what's ridiculous is the NBA uses the Sonics now as leverage for all these other teams to then build stadiums, build these these play arena these arenas. Oh, the, they're going to lose their team, right? It happened in Sacramento. You don't give us what they want. You don't give them what you want. What's going to happen? That Sacramento team is going to come to Seattle. Because Seattle, as we know, is a sports center, right? Yeah. Like, we've got football. we got soccer. We, you know, we got baseball. we got everything yeah. but basketball, you know? And the Sonics were the first team from our area to win a championship in 1979. And they were the first yeah. ones. And so – you know, for us to not have a basketball team here in Seattle, Washington, that's ridiculous. Yes. Um, you know, 13 years ago that happened. And so I'm not hopeful that we're going to get them back anytime soon because I don't think the NBA is looking at even trying to expand. 
and especially because the politicians, the city, yeah. Seattle, city, city oh council, whatever, God, yeah. they're they're against it. They don't want they don't want anything to do with the Sonics. Um, you know, we even got hockey, right? So, you know, I'm not a hockey fan, so but we got hockey and 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 all this, and you know, we have people. You know, Chris Hansen, the dude's bought yeah. like three quarters of Soto, that whole area down. He's bought it out of his with his own money. And for for yeah. what you know? Well, he wants to build yeah. that arena right there. Right. You yeah. Know, he he already said, I'm gonna put up with all, I'm gonna put up all the money for it. You ain't right. gotta worry about it. You know, we I'm not but asking you to put it, as much money into and it. And it. it's like it's useless without the without the politicians. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the, well, the politicians won't let it happen. Yeah. The politicians are it's our, so useless. Yeah. yeah. You know, Gary Payton. You know, my my favorite basketball player. Talent wise, I'd love to be a Michael Jordan fan. You know, that dude's just he's just a beast like that. But Gary Payton. You know, I like Gary Payton. He was that trash talker that, you know, what I used to be when I played basketball back in the day. But defense, you know, he was all about that defense. That's why I have mad respect for Gary Payton. I got a signed basketball by Gary Payton. I got, I got all that. But um, he wants to bring him back. Kevin Durant, just that, you know, as of, you know, a year ago, he yeah. talked, you know, our, our draft pick that we got before he, Sonics got shipped out, Kevin Durant's talking about wanting to get involved and actually helping bring the Sonics back, you know, because he says Seattle should have a team. Um, and so we have these people that want to bring the team back to keep the hopes alive, but we still have this opposition from the council, you know, the yeah. city, city of Seattle that is, is not allowing it to happen, and it's so ridiculous. Like, I want my Sonics back. I want my Sonics back, man. Quit being dirtbags. Come right, on. <laughs> right, right. Bring my Sonics back. So yeah. I could see I could see a guy like Nate McMillan being the coach, you know, right off the bat. Just I just I just I, I feel so bad for Chris Hansen. Yeah. He's doing he did you know, his name was popping at the time when he right. bought all that property and and it's just He's still buying it. He's still buying it and and these politicians just won't let this happen. Yeah. It's just like, I think it's an ego thing, um, but also it's it's about them having as much control over the revenue stream coming into the city, right? So they want Key Arena to be the arena that the Sonics play in. Well, that's not, it's not going to work for now's, nowadays NBA basketball teams, right? So there's no NBA basketball team that's going to be able to go in there, be able to sell enough seats, and do all the things they need to to bring in the revenue stream to be a successful basketball team and to be able to fund, you know, paying the players and doing all that stuff. You're not going to be able to do it. And so Chris Hansen wants to build this luxurious state-of-the-art facility but of course if that happens that that revenue stream comes into his pocket yeah. not coming into the city's pocket right. or not as much you know i'm sure there's gonna be taxes and all that kind of stuff that they still gotta pay because you know this wonderful state of washington is going to get their taxes <laughs> uh, one way or another but um no it's sad man i, I want i definitely want to see my saunas come back i definitely want to see it i think if anything could happen that it's going to make me more uh a happier sports fan it's good to see my sonics come back you know what i mean yeah so uh anyway i think i think that's uh you know everyone that's that grew up on the sonics mm -hmm. like um they they all want this to ha um, happen well forever since since they got robbed from us from clay bennett <laughs> right that's it that's it yeah. right there that's it right there man now i uh i uh i mean i we were talking about seahawks winning the super bowl I give up a Seahawks Super Bowl to get back my Seattle Sonics. I'm serious with that, and I'm a Seahawks fan, man. So I would say, you know what? I'll let I'll let us go winless. Actually, I'll let us go winless, and as long as we get our Sonics back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And uh, another thing, uh, since we're on that topic of basketball, you you by chance have like uh, your own. Um, recently, you know, we saw that tra- the witness the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Did you by chance have like your own type of like Kobe or Mamba mentality at all? As far as what and what it was. Like how, like, like just like the, well, actually, you know, let me take that back. Like maybe, like I see personally for me, like just like how we talked about like the values and, and, you know, grinding and, and all that, like that kind of like reminds me about you. Like, cause you know, Kobe, you know, his, you know, the mentality that he, he would bring like, um, you know, wake up early, mm-hmm. train. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. go back to sleep, train. Yep. Yep. And yep. you know, he was he was that successful. Yeah. And you saw, you yeah. saw it uh, in his in his uh, in his resume over yeah. the years. Yeah, for sure. So no, I, I see what you're talking about now. So like in my own personal life, for sure. Like I grew up not having stuff. Like I was homeless for a period of time, wow. uh, transient, moving from school to school. Um, but I knew that education was going to be my way to get out of that cycle of poverty. And so I used that, and I went to college, and I got a degree, and I got a good job that I can support my family and, be, and not have to put my daughters through the same situation that I had to go through growing up. Um, and I try to impart that on my students here and my athletes here at Washington High School, and I tell them, to be or not to be, it is up to you. I took a little hamlet, and I said, okay, it's up to you to be or not to be. It is up to you. So you have to make yeah. choices each and every day they're going to be conducive to you being successful in the future. Because if you don't, you're, you're going to shut doors of opportunities in your future that are not going to allow you to be able to be as successful as you could be. And so I try to impart that on them, and I tell them, you know, every day you need to make it a great day. You need to make it a great day, you know, because it is all about your attitude. It is about your effort. That's going to dictate how far you're going to go. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm grinding every day. You know, I, I'm, I'm not prideful in a negative way, but I'm proud to say I'm the first teacher on campus almost every single day, yeah. putting that work in. You, I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm one of the last ones listen, to be here every night. Listen, you know, listen, so I'm, listen, I'm grinding. Listen, Coach, you, uh, this Franklin Pierce School District should have like a like a Hall of Fame. They should. Oh, don't start. <laughs> they should have a Hall of Fame, and you should be the first one inducted. Oh, man, I appreciate that, man. Uh, the, they, they, I'll, I'll say this. It's, it's glory to God. You know, I, I don't know that looking back on my life, all throughout my life, he's had his hand over me, protecting me. You know what I mean? And, and when you go through what I had to go through growing up, you know, not having nothing, or having nothing, not, not having nothing, but having nothing, right? You appreciate what you got now so much more, right? Right, because if you're just given it, right, you're, you come to expect it. You don't appreciate it, but if you got to work for it, it's so it means that's so what, much more. See, that, that's what that's what uh, like upsets me. You know, being an only child, like I look at it back now, like I don't want anything. I want to earn it. Right, like, right. There's no pride. There's no yeah. pride in something that you don't actually have to earn. Yeah. You now I was telling my kids. Uh, in class last week about this in fact we I, I do something every monday i do motivating music on mondays and i do what's called culp's corner it's a story and has a little quote yeah so last week was talking about you know earning earning things and, and not just be given things and i talked about how that you know let's let's say you you uh you want to get those airpods right your parents couldn't afford them you had to work for them you had to work a job for 
four weekends in a row to get enough money to be able to get these AirPods. Are you going to take care of them better than, let's say, your parents can afford them and they just give them to you? Of course you are. You have more pride. You're going to respect, you're going to respect them. You're going to take care of them. You're, yeah. you're, going to, you're going to keep track of them. You're not going to lose them, right, because you've worked for it. And, and so I tell them that. I was like, you know what? You're going to be given things. It's okay to be given that's, things. That's how, I, that's how I look at the value of my car, too. Yeah, <laughs> like sure. I, like, I worked for this. Right. And, like, uh, I'm proud and, like, it wasn't given to me. And, right. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, that's a good example for me, like, what, right. I, what I think of, of, you know, earning and not given. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Coach, one last thing. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the Bible studies. Yeah, so I just reference God, and, and yeah. you know, my, my, my relationship with God is the most important thing. You know, I, I'm married 20 years in June. I'll be married. My wife and I are going to take a trip to Maui. But even more important than that relationship, more important than the relationship I have with my two lovely daughters is my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and, uh, and, and God my Father. And 12 years ago, I, I really felt a burden that we needed to have a Bible study club here at Washington High School for those kids that, of my same beliefs, could come together and feel comfortable to open the Bible and to be able to read it. And uh, I can't, because of my position as a teacher, I can't preach to them and, and read the Bible with them and do all that stuff. So we have speakers come in, but I wanted to have a, an, an environment where they felt welcome, they felt invited, they felt like they can come and feel safe and, 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 and do those things. And then also have an opportunity for those kids that are curious and want to know about the Bible, be able to come here and do those things. So we've been doing it, this is the 12th year that I've been the advisor for it and uh, opening up my classroom. And we've been doing this annual event every year. Um, it's called Patriot Revolution. And it's, it's just basically trying to spread the love of Jesus Christ uh, to our campus and, and, and doing an event where after school for, for a few hours, we open up the gym, we have basketball and volleyball and capture the flag and dodgeball and Mario wow. Kart tournaments. We do all these tournaments. Um, we have skills challenges where they do strength and soccer skills challenges. We have a bouncy house, cakewalk, food, all this great stuff. And then we have a little message that goes out, go, goes out at the end of the night, every night. And so it's just really cool to see, um, you know, even in a public school, God still does exist. God is, yeah. God is everywhere, right? So um, he, he's going to get in where he wants to get in. And, and fortunately, you know, Washington High School has still been open to um, God and, and uh, the Bible. So... Um, it's just another one of those ministries I have here, you know what I mean? <laughs> besides coaching, besides teaching, a Bible study, doing that too. So it's, uh, it's good, man. This Washington High School is my home away from home. I tell everybody that because yeah. I'm literally like even right now, you know, here I am at school with you. <laughs> but Coach, this has been fun, man. Coach, I've had a yeah, lot of good times. I, I appreciate the opportunity that you, you, you did this for me because yeah, this, was, this was something that I've that, – it's crazy. Like I didn't see myself a year later doing this, and now it's like a journey. Mm -hmm. Like I'm go like I'm doing a podcast that's different from other podcasts. Like it's all right. studio. Like like no, I want to travel and learn and grow and you know get people's side of their takes of of sports. Right. And like just what you were telling me about your you know UW and. And the Sonics, which is something that um, definitely needs to be talked about, right. and it, unfortunately, it feels it feels fading, but uh, not really. 
that makes you know yeah i know what you're saying yeah yeah um but you know i appreciate that you took the time for, uh to to do this for me and of course man it's an uh, honor again i said <laughs> I, I feel i feel i feel privileged to be a part of this like yeah. i think i'm only your second guest ever right yeah you're my like second gabe, guest yeah gabe's the first one i'm the second one so yeah. that's that's cool man yeah, and I, um, I, like I said, I got another guest uh, for next month for baseball, and I'm, I'm excited for hey, that. Hey, you, everybody out there, you need to be staying tuned. Sports Talk with Lou, all right? <laughs> Appreciate it. This guy hey. right here is grinding. He's doing exactly what we're talking about right here. <laughs> He's trying to make it happen. But, uh, yeah, Coach, uh, just, I want to just say thank you from the bottom of my heart for, you know, for you know coming into my life when I first saw you at the track field and you were like, come out to try uh, cross country. And then from there, just uh, – you know, I, you weren't just my, my cross country, uh, coach, you were my, my teacher. And I learned a lot about, um, science. You made science fun for, uh, for me and for other students. And you, you made school fun in general when, when you were, uh, when you were doing things at the dome, at the Patriot dome. Mm -hmm. And you just, uh, you just bring so much energy and to this, to this campus. And that's why I keep saying like, how does this man not have some hall of fame for, for this, for this, from the school district. I appreciate that, man. I really yeah. do. I, you know, it's once again, it's all glory to God. And I'm, I, I feel blessed yeah. to be here. You know, I, 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 I really truly, you know, I tell my students, I tell them, I love you guys. And you know, I, I, I love you, Luis, man. I do. I, I care about you guys. And, and, uh, you know, like my kids, you know what I mean? And, and I really truly hope the best for you guys, try to give the best to you guys. So that way you can go out in this world and be successful. And I see that happening with you. I see that happening yeah. too, man. Just keep grinding. Thank you, coach. So appreciate this. And of course, well, that wraps up for uh, a special edition of sports talk with Lou. All right. I'm Lou. I'm coach Colt. And we out. Bye. Peace.